It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're with you for the next three hours, catching up on high school basketball scores across the state of West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epley alongside Rick Marone. He's the head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels and a co-host of the show, as well as Joe Linville, who is with us as well. Joe, always so kind to make the trip uh, in from Boone County to visit with us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that you're here tonight, that you're technically on vacation. I am on vacation, <laughs> and there's no better place to spend vacation than with my family on Basketball right. Friday Night in West Virginia. Right? I mean, that's exactly right. right. I mean, uh, you buy what I'm selling there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I'm going all the way. <laughs> uh, guys, we got a full show tonight. We've got uh, a lot of rivalry games taking place tonight. We talk about this every year, but it's, it's interesting how there are so many rivalry games in different parts of the state that just happen to be tonight. And, and they're some of the best rivalries in the state of West Virginia. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, we talked about last week how January kind of kicks things into another gear, and Joe. Boy, what a way to do that. There's some great games tonight, uh, huge rivalries tonight. And, of course, we'll go through all those uh, as we get into our scoreboard. And those games go final. But tell you what, uh, it's really a great way to kick off the new year and a great uh, way for us to welcome in the new year with our program tonight. Because when you think of West Side and Wyoming East and you've got Hedgesville and Martinsburg, I mean, it goes on in Polka and Winfield. I mean, there's a lot of rivalries tonight, and we're excited to, to be in the middle of it. But on the flip side, we had this little weather front come through yesterday, and a lot of the games got postponed so you know that's that's going to play a little havoc on scheduling uh, some of the games have been moved to tomorrow some have been, been rescheduled uh later in the month so we'll just have to wait and see how a lot of those games even shake out yeah, we ended up with two to three inches of snow through much of the mountain state in terms of the lowlands area the the mountain area has got a, a little bit more but it wasn't the amount of snow it was necessarily it's bitter cold as well and what fell two days ago is going to be there for a while because we're not getting above freezing until Monday. So uh, definitely, hopefully, uh, hopefully that clears out. But again, that, that has had some effect on some games last night. Basically, there were just a handful across the state last night. And a few games tonight, I think, uh, were affected by that as well. But uh, still, we know you're here for scores. Some scores are final. Some scores still in progress. Joe, why don't you lead us off with the boys' scores? Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. On the boys' side of the scoreboard tonight, it was Oak Glen over Madonna, 61-57. That game is a final. It was the Bluefield Beavers over the uh, another rivalry game there over the Princeton Tigers, 78-50. Bluefield's Cody Fuller uh, scored in, uh, topped his one, the 1,000-point mark in that game tonight. In a game that's in the fourth quarter, it's Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Martinsburg is up by one, 26-25. In a game at Winfield, it was the Polka Dots over the Winfield Generals tonight, 62-47. It was Pocahontas County over the Yellow Jackets of Moorfield, 52-46. And it was the Wyoming East Warriors over their county arch rival, the Westside Renegades, 56-44, and that's a look at the boys' side of the scoreboard. Let's take a look at the girls' side as well. Just a couple scores in thus far. Pocahontas County, the Lady Warriors, a nice win over Moorfield tonight, 55-43. And another score in progress, Kaiser and Hampshire 
a tough battle there. It's 13-13. That game has entered the second quarter. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Thank you very much, guys. As you could tell, not a lot of scores in just yet. So working on getting those from across the state, you can get in touch with us at hoops underscore roundup is our Twitter handle. Send us scores, videos, pictures from your game. Also visit basketballnight.com. It has all the information on how you can get in touch with us or how you can view this program as well. And always uh, give us a call. one eight five five seven eight hoops is our phone number. Again, that's one eight five five seven eight hoops our phone number. And, guys, before we get too far into it, uh, that west side – Wyoming East scored. That was a 3 nothing game at the end of one quarter. A field goal in there somewhere. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, scoring picked up in the fourth quarter because that was a low-scoring game through three quarters. And sometimes Coach Marone, especially in those rivalry games where you've got teams that are familiar with each other, you'll do something kind of out of the norm. I don't know if someone held the ball or if they just played good defense. We'll find that out. We'll work on that through the night. But um, nonetheless, still low-scoring game at first, but then Wyoming East able to pull away in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's one of those rivalries, Ryan, that I think uh, like you said, very familiar with each other, very heated rivalry in a positive way. That's still one of those that's almost kind of a thing of the past. I mean, there are a few of those, and uh, I think last year we kind of showcased some of those that are still going on through consolidation and other things. There's not quite as many of those rivalries that have been there for a long time, and actually that rivalry predates even those two schools being there. The ones that fed into those two Wyoming County schools had great basketball tradition, and Joe, it's just carried over into that. I'll be curious to see, too, did somebody try and hold the ball? It was three to nothing after one. You know, both these teams can put up a lot of points. I kind of think that's probably what happened. We saw this uh, over the last year or two, even in the state tournament, where teams will kind of pull something out of the hat that you have not seen. Uh, we know Scott has done that at times, trying to hold the ball as well. And speaking of that, and I wasn't going to mention the Scott Poker game, but I was going back to in the 70s when uh, I think the final score was like 7-4. to four. It was Logan uh, over Scott. And it was just, and it, Scott froze the ball on them trying to keep the, you know, if they can't get off their hands on the ball, they're not going to score. But uh, obviously they've got to have a pretty good defense to be able to do that uh, type of game. Well, obviously that's a, a, one of the games that we enjoy following along because there, there's so much intensity to that rivalry. And obviously you just hope that nothing spills over into getting beyond the realm of rivalry. And, Ryan, a couple of things as well. Even though tonight we mentioned there are some great rivalry games or some games that were postponed, we'll get everybody updated on that. You can go to our website, basketballnight.com, and, and uh, check that out. It's being updated continuously. But, you know, this week there were some great games and some great matchups as well. And, you know, we don't always get an opportunity to do that. Got a chance to see Mingo Central this week. They just climbed to number one in the rankings. They beat Polka for the first time in school history. Got to see them at Tulsa. They defeated the Rebels 78-53 to this week. And uh, it's not just Jeremy Dillon. He is the centerpiece. Uh, a couple of Marshall's coaches there were watching him and some other players. Uh, Tulsa has a couple of nice players, too. It's a great atmosphere for a ball game. They got a 25-point win. It was a tough game early. But uh, that's a team that's kind of jumped onto the scene as well. And, and even though they may not be in a rivalry game tonight, boy, they have been uh, a shooting star so far. They're undefeated. Coach Kevin Hatfield was on the program. And I got a chance to see his ball club. And they're, not, they're, they're impressive to watch. They move the basketball so well. They play extremely hard, and they, they really have a good skill set. And Dylan does not have to score 30 a night for that team. <laughs> no, and he doesn't attempt to. He takes 
takes what they give him, but boy, uh, you know, he can do it all. Uh, he sets the table. It's almost like the quarterback on the court, you know, like he played in football. And Mark Klein, one of the assistant coaches, Marshall there, and Stan Cotton, uh, the the voice of Marshall there, accompanying him on the Steve. Steve, I'm Steve. sorry. <laughs> I'm messing up all the Marshall things. And here we sit at Marshall. I've already butchered the name of the Stampede. So, but anyway, they were there, and they were treated to a great ball game, a great atmosphere. And, uh, and Jeremy Dillon uh, is the real deal. But I don't, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you get a break on Steve Cotton because Stan Cotton was the voice of the herd before Steve Cotton. All right. He's now the voice of Wade Forest. <laughs> okay. but, but anyway, getting back to these teams, I don't care how many superstars you have on the team, you have to play team ball. I have seen teams with tons of talent but not be successful because, you know, each player out there is trying to play an individual game, you know, get the most rebounds, get the most points. And, you know, you have to play team ball. I don't care what level you're at. Well, speaking of rivalries, a big one tomorrow in Harrison County where Robert C. Bird at 3-3 three and three will travel to take on Bridgeport. Now, this has been a, a marquee rivalry game in the past. This year it's two young teams kind of in a reset mode, but they're both still going to be dangerous, especially in the postseason. And they're uh, – they're getting there as we go along. Bill Nestor is the voice of the Flying Eagles on WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. And, Bill, always a big game when Robert C. Bird and Bridgeport get together. Hello, Bill. All right. I don't hear Bill right now. I'm going to put him back. Um, let's try this one more time real fast. Bill, can you hear us? Okay, not hearing from Bill right now, so uh, we'll we'll try to get back to Bill Nestor in just a moment as we sort out our issues here. We got to get that fixed because we got <laughs> there's an important, important call. there's an important call coming at nine fifteen. But uh, he's back on the line, I believe. So, so are are we ready to try again? Not just yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but, but Coach, uh, we talked about it, that it just in brief there with Robert C. Bird having been a state tournament team for several years since moving down to Double A. Bridgeport's been a stalwart there. They were basically a title caliber team last year. They yeah. did not win it. Lost in the semifinal in a tough game to Fairmont Senior, who won the state championship. But uh, those two teams in particular, when they get together, again, it's another one of those games where you just kind of throw the records out and go play. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Coach Bennett there at uh, RCB has done a great job. They've got some very impressive uh, teams over the last couple of years. This year, a team where he's kind of trying to get them back uh, to the level they're used to playing. And Bridgeport, as you mentioned, a stalwart uh, over the years and have been right in the mix in Double A. Those are two teams again that are familiar with each other. Be great uh, to hear what uh, Bill Nestor's got to, to share with us. But uh, that's another one of those exciting rivalries. Seeing Robert C. Bird after beating Logan in the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout. Followed that up with losses to Elkins and a 22-point loss, excuse me, an 18-point loss to East Fairmont earlier this week. So I think they're still in the growing pains. Yeah, young, and uh, we talked about earlier in the in the season, uh, uh, they were going to have to come along. And I tell you, when you got a young team, uh, it can be uh, an up and down affair. And uh, they've taken a few lumps, but I know Coach Bennett will get them back on track. Should be a lot of fun when those two get together tomorrow, and and. I'll ask this first to Joe, and then, then we'll turn back to Coach Marone for this as well. Those Saturday games tend to be a little different. You don't go to school that day. It changes your routine. Everything feels a little bit different when you play on Saturday. Absolutely. And some of these games that's been rescheduled for tomorrow are early games, like 2 and 3 o'clock. And there are you know, still a few evening games, and those would be probably more apt 
the the normal schedule, even though you're still not going to school. You know, you've got the day to do whatever you want to. But some of those afternoon games uh, can, could be exciting, something a little different to kind of throw in the mix there. Okay, I think we've got Bill now. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio, voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. Bill, you with us now? I'm ready. There we go. <laughs> nice to hear from you. You have no idea how nice it is to hear from you. But, uh, uh, Bill, we were talking about Robert C. Bird and Bridgeport coming up tomorrow. That's uh, an opportunity for RCB to uh, kind of turn this recent down streak, I guess you would call it, a, a couple of games that have been rough in a row, kind of turn that back around. Yeah, you know, a cross-town rival game like this kind of tends to bring out the best in, in both teams. And, and RCB has been struggling. A couple of big losses after the, the win over Logan in the Cardinal Classic. And so they're looking to find a way to get back on track. And uh, no better way to do it than, than against the Bridgeport team that, that's very talented, but uh, having some issues here early on as well. And obviously that's, that's a game where you've got two schools that are, like you said, basically cross town with RCB and Clarksburg, Bridgeport just up the interstate a short way on I-79. Uh, obviously that draws a lot of local interest. And you get a lot of people out to those types of games that don't go to the games regularly. And uh, it should, should be a great atmosphere, especially for a Saturday. But i got to ask, Bill, how's the weather up there? It's not too bad, Ron. Actually, it was pretty shaky uh, last night. You know, I do a little duty. I do some uh, do some calling for the Salem International Games, and, and we had a doubleheader in Salem last night, and it was a pretty tough uh, road to hoe to get back home, that's for sure. So, you know, they, they've cleared them up, and they've done a good job with the roads, and uh, it shouldn't be a problem tomorrow. And of course, playing at Bridgeport, their gymnasium's a older, nostalgic type of gym, a little bit smaller in size, and they... They tend to pack that place for this kind of rivalry game. So it's a great atmosphere for the kids who, you know, in the last, uh, last couple of years, attendance has been down for the most part. So these guys, uh, these players don't get a chance to really feel this kind of atmosphere very often. It's, it's uh, few and far between. And so it's going to be an exciting, uh, uh, you know, venue and a place to play and an opportunity to, to try to get right against this Indian team. Of course, Bridgeport, uh, a common opponent, the East Fairmont. Bridgeport had a one-point win over the Bees here not too long ago, and of course, Robert Seabird lost to them this week, and uh, might be one of the best East Fairmont teams I've seen in quite some time, very talented team, and, and a very athletic team, so that's a common opponent there, and of course, Bridgeport uh, beating them, but RCB uh, lost to them on Tuesday, so a few days here to prepare, and of course, with uh, you know with no school in Harrison County uh, today, nobody could practice, so that kind of gives both teams a chance to get a break uh, in terms of physically being able to to catch their breath and get their legs back underneath them, but but in terms of uh, you know getting a game plan down, I'm, I'm assuming both teams will will get into a walkthrough mode maybe tomorrow morning and and try to get right for tomorrow's game. But yeah, weather wise, it's got a little bit better than what we had uh, yesterday, that's for sure. Good to hear, and always fun to get those rivals together and, and and go at it on whatever field of play it may be, football, basketball, you name it. Those two schools uh, really kind of dig in when they take on each other, and should be a, a, a fun game tomorrow bill nester voice of robert c bird thanks for calling hope you've had a happy new year and look forward to talking to you again next week guys thank you so much for having me on have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well all right always appreciate it. bill nester wpdx radio in clarksburg right now we'll step aside for our first break when we come back well we're working on a special guest one who's going to add a title to his name in about mm, 10 days or so We'll hear about that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network.
Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them, visit basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the voting results with you last week. Which 2016 Boys State Champion has the best chance of repeating 2017? 57% of you said Fairmont Senior. 23% St. Joseph Central Irish. 20% Morgantown Mohicans. Tonight's question. Do you like the BasketballNight.com power ratings? You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Doug Workman, Point Pleasant Big Blacks. Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees, and Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley High School Timberwolves. What they've all got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you've got someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. We want to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Limble. Happy to have you along here on this chilly January 6, 2017, the first show of the new year, which means that we've been on the air now. This is uh, four years so you go back to 2013 is when we started. Now we're into 2017. So, wow. Where, where'd that time go, right? <laughs> Time flies. Sure does. Hey, let's go to the phones real fast. We've got an old buddy of ours from Mingo County. We haven't heard from him this year so far. This was not the guest we teased, but that's all right because he's a good fellow. Well, let's bring in Wolfpack Willie. Wolfpack Willie is... The guy who keeps us informed on all the happenings around Mingo Central and Tug Valley. He joins us now on the program. Willie, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. How are y'all doing? Hey, we're doing great. Um, Speaking of doing great, the the Mingo County basketball teams are doing very, very well so far this year. Uh, Yes, they are. A big win for Mingo Central earlier this week? Uh, Yeah, yeah. 6-0, 6-0, Tug Valley's 4-3. And the Panthers coming off of a, of a trip down to uh, Wilmington, North yeah. Carolina. Yes, and they beat Belfry the other night. 
Always a big win over that Cross River rival. I got postponed tonight down at St. Joe. Tough traveling up 52 tonight, so uh, that game obviously postponed. So uh, still, though, uh, uh, just an exciting time for sports fans in Mingo County in general with the the way the football team at Mingo Central performed. The uh, the football team at Tug Valley had a good year as well. Uh, Yes. Hey, Willie, Coach Marone here. I know coming up on the 20th, uh, exciting event down there at the Fieldhouse, the Hatfield-McCoy uh, shootout. Uh, I was going to mention. I know, buddy. I'm getting ready to open that door for you. But uh, they've got a, a nice sponsor this year, and I looked over the schedule, and it is awesome. So what can you share with us about that great event, the Hatfield-McCoy shootout? The dates only. Don't know nothing else. January the 20th, 21st. 20th, it starts at 5 o'clock, free games. And 21st, it starts at uh, 10.30 a.m. all day long. Well, it should be a great day of basketball down there, and it's a great area. The Williamson Fieldhouse is such a – it's a gym. Not a, G, <laughs> not a G-Y-M, but a G-E-M. It's a gym in the state of West Virginia. And uh, Wolfpack Willie, our, our good buddy from Mingo County, always good to hear from him. Glad you could call in for us tonight and – uh, I hadn't heard from him this year. I was, we was I worried, worried about him. Yeah. It's interesting on this show that when, when we get some callers that, like you said, we don't hear from them in a while, we actually start to worry about them, and we will reach out to them <laughs> off the air and make sure everything's okay. I'll tell you what, uh, that's going to be a great event. They can go to the website. Uh, that schedule actually was released earlier this week. Uh, uh, there are some great teams. There are some teams from out of there. I know Wesley Christian's down there both days, Tulsa, Mingo Central, Tug Valley, Belfry. You talk about a great atmosphere. And, Joe, the Williamson Fieldhouse, uh, such tradition. If you haven't been down there to watch a ball game, this oh. will be a great event to go down there and watch. Absolutely. And there's some good people behind this tournament that, that do a lot of work, volunteer. They don't get paid, you know, one red cent to put this thing on. And, it, and like you said, it's it's one of those uh, venues that are right up there, one of the you know to go watch a game. In. And I know Scott will be down there playing. I know Polka is going to be down there the second night. So just go to the go to our website. Uh, that schedule is uh, is out there and uh, should be a great event. I know that's a week or so, week and a half uh, down the road, Ryan. But that's always one we look forward to as well. And they do a tremendous job down there of mixing in their local teams mm-hmm. and bringing a few teams in from. Uh, just outside the region that you wouldn't normally get to see in, in Williamson. And uh, let, it, it's really it's a, it serves a dual purpose because you bring in like a South Charleston some years or, or something like that. They're there again this year. Right, there, Parkersburg yeah. South has played down mm-hmm. there in the past. And, uh, you know, you bring them into Williamson, but you also get to let them play in the Williamson Fieldhouse, which has so much history in it. And it's really a, it's a win-win. Yeah, there's some great teams. And then they cross the border. The Bluegrass, East Ridge will be back this year. Of course, Belfry, we mentioned, uh, you know, Sheldon Clark's participated before. So it's a great place. If you love basketball, whether you're a fan of one of those teams, if you're a fan of basketball, there'll be plenty of their fans there too. Mm-hmm. But uh, just head down there and spend a few – you get three games the first night and then all day on Saturday if you want to uh, you know, make a day of it, you could go down and uh, enjoy hoops all day long. Always uh, a fantastic place to go to see a basketball game. Like I said, the Williamson Fieldhouse, there are few, if any, that would be any better to go uh, just to – 
just to take in a game or take in a day of games. And, That's a bucket list game. I yeah. mean, if you love high school basketball, you need to check that one off your list. Uh, there's a few others in all corners of the state uh, that uh, we're all familiar with, but uh, that's definitely one of them, and it's great that they've been able to keep that facility going. I know Ambassador Christian uses that for a home court, and it's also used for special events, and I think the middle schools maybe still use that for the county tournament, so it still gets a lot of use. And I'm glad that they've been able to keep that as well since Williamson High School closed, consolidated in Domingo Central. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with it, Belfry High School in Kentucky is you can almost see it from Williamson. Stone's throw. Yes. It, Even with the weak arm, a stone's throw. Yeah, it's much closer than, than Mingo Central High School is. So you do get a lot of people who are from Williamson who end up going to Belfry. Um, my point on that being, though, that, you know, you mentioned you heard what Pac Willie mentioned Tug Valley getting a win over Belfry, and that's an important win for Tug Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And he mentioned the game tonight with them in St. Joe. Uh, one that's going to be rescheduled. I can't wait to see that. Those are two sectional opponents, uh, two state tournament participants. And even with the reshuffling of the, the classifications, Ryan, those two are sectional opponents. Then you sprinkle in Tulsa. You've also got a good van ball club in that section. The other half of that region, you've got Ravenswood, Williamstown. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I mean, it's amazing. But those are all big games because they lead to seeding when you get to tournament time. And, Joe, we, we've talked about it before, too, and, and touching back with Mingo Central, Logan, uh, you know, Polka all being in the same region. You know, Just looking at Mingo Central, Chapmanville, and Logan are all in the same section. I mean, one of those three isn't even going to play for a state tournament berth this year. You know, that's, I guess it's good in some ways, but, man, that, that's a heck of a section. When I saw the, you know, when they drew up, you know, the proposals, I'm thinking, wow, because there's so many, even, you know, rivalries thrown in there to boot, and, you know, it's, it's all up for grabs. It's, it's whoever shows up and wants to win the night of the game. Let's go back to the phone lines. Dave Morrison of ESPN Radio 102.3, The Ticket. He joins us on the program. Now, here's another one that we haven't heard from this year. Dave, welcome back. Hey, guys, how you doing this evening? <laughs> uh, doing great, doing great. And high school basketball season in full swing now into the new year. This is when we kind of get out of the holiday tournament mode and get into uh, the bulk of your regular season. You start to see some teams make some make some headway. Yeah, one of those right now is uh, Wyoming East with the big victory tonight over Westside. They're rivaled what I consider potentially, in my opinion, the best rivalry in the state of West Virginia. And very interesting game this evening, uh, <laughs> three nothing at the end of the first quarter. And somebody joked that uh, sounded like a football score, but if you saw Wyoming's football, you realize they didn't kick field goals. <laughs> <laughs> hard, hard way to get to that three points if you can't kick a field goal in football. But it's very interesting uh, game from that respect. Westside really couldn't get anything going in the first quarter. Came back, took the lead, fourteen eleven at the half a defensive struggle. If it was a football game, but uh, that Wyoming East was able to hit some threes, something they're very, very good at doing. Hitting clutch threes, hitting threes. I think they had eight three pointers in the game between their two guards, Jonathan Sims and Corey McKinney, and they were able to pull away when that game fifty six forty four. And okay, so we want to know three nothing in the first quarter. Was was this a holding the ball situation, or was this uh, not at all? Not at all. Not at all. Both hmm. teams trying to run. Actually, just Westside really couldn't get anything when he kind of fell in love with the three pointer, as teams would want to do. And you're playing a pretty good defense, and they were 
shooting a lot from the outside. Couldn't get anything to drop. Uh, finally, first point of the game scored after a technical was called. Free throw makes it one nothing. They get Wyoming well, mean, gets a, a field uh, field goal to end the quarter, up three to nothing. And uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people were asking me if I had ever seen that. It had been a while since I've seen that. Uh, probably ten years uh, covering basketball. I've seen that maybe two, three times in my career. And a game that caliber where you don't see a point scored. That's yeah. Teams are capable of scoring some points. Uh, yeah, those teams uh, they, they get out. They can get out and go with the ball, and uh, obviously, uh, we're doing so without success. And I, I, I can't help but think about this. Putting these things together here real fast, uh, you know, Dan D'Antoni, head coach at Marshall, known for his analytical <laughs> approach to basketball and uh, high-scoring Marshall basketball team, went scoreless the first eight minutes of their game yesterday. And won in overtime. What is up with these? And he's a Mullins native, by the way, in Wyoming <laughs> County. So he's a Mullins native. You put that together very well. <laughs> and, uh, you just you think about that. And uh, I did read that quote from Dan. I was still all. I guess I'm old. Me and me and Rick Kozlowski, probably the oldest callers. But uh, you think about that. The three pointer, and there nothing's falling. And, uh, and you got to wonder, can you get the ball inside? Which Westside did with some uh, success later in the game. Their big post player, Corey Hatfield, was the leading scorer with 10 points for uh, the Westside team. If you want me to tie this all in together, Dave, a little bit more, the reporter who got that quote in Pittsburgh is a Marshall alum. And it was very. It was a great quote. And, uh, you know, he didn't want to stop telling his analysts. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't finished. You get that as a reporter, that's a good day. Absolutely. And coaches are, you know, they're usually wanting to get things over with real quick. They had a great story to tell, and I actually talked to him uh, over the summer during the golf outing up here. A very interesting individual. I talked to him before. He was a coach at Sockisky High School, you might remember. Mm-hmm. And they came up and played in the tournament at the Armory in Beckley. Uh, he's a he's a very he's a character I would say and and as you said a mom's name. So many great coaches have come out of of there and you know you got Mike D'Antoni obviously coaching the Houston Rockets. Uh, Greg White was a former coach at the University of Charleston Marshall University and was successful at both of his stops there and you know I'm just scratching the surface and of course Louis D'Antoni the father of of Mike and and Dan D'Antoni just celebrated his 103rd birthday last week. And he's still going strong. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's just... is, that is incredible. I mean, they, they uh, honored him the 100th year of the state tournament, I think, year. Or, uh, yeah, I believe it was the 100th anniversary of the state tournament when he was honored. He was honored down there a few years ago. Dave Morrison, ESPN Radio 102.3. The ticket, sorry to cut you off there, Dave, but it's been a pleasure, and we look forward to talking with you again uh, hopefully next week. Off with. That sounds good, and I uh, appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. All right, Dave Morrison, 102.3, the ticket ESPN Radio. Our next guest, we're going to go right into this, is currently one of the busiest people that I that I can think of right off the top of my head. He's the boys and girls basketball coaches, basketball head coach. coach, head coach at Greenbrier East. He is also the owner of the Greenbrier, and in 10 days he will add the – 
title of governor of West Virginia to that as well. Jim Justice joins us now on the program. And I won't call you Coach Justice for now because we've at least got 10 more days before we uh, step up the title a little bit. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Um, Great. We're doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. And, Coach, your, your basketball teams are doing fantastic. We'll talk about everything else in a moment, but hey, basketball is what we love. And you've got your girls' team at 11-1, and one, your boys' team at 6-0. and oh. I mean, pretty good, uh, pretty good time for you right now. Well, the kids are playing good and uh, and they're having fun and and that that that's really good. You know, you know, you guys know I I love the game of basketball. I've I've coached forever and uh, coached ten thousand years and lots of different teams <laughs> and coached the semi pro team and and just I mean, I've I've coached a lot of a lot lot a lot a lot of different kids, but. Uh, I do love the game, and uh, and kids, you know, make you feel young, and 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 they kind of revitalize you. I, you know, I don't do many things other than just, you know, I love the outdoors. I love to, and I love I love to work, and so uh, you know, I don't go many places. I don't go on vacations, and this is kind of a little bit of an escape for me. And uh, and I, like I said, I've done it a long time, and our, our teams are playing good, and they're playing. They're they're doing really well right now. Our girls are really young, and uh, and our boys are inexperienced, and and they can't do a whole lot of different things. But what they do, they're doing very well. So I'm 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 really proud of them. Well, coach, obviously the uh, question that's been on a lot of people's minds uh, who are who follow basketball closely. How do you balance in ten days when you're sworn in as governor of the state of West Virginia? And from all accounts, you you intend to continue to coach the basketball teams at Greenbrier East. That that's going to take some uh, some uh, high level of, uh, of of time management. Well, it's it's it, it is going to take that, but at the same time, you know, I've got really qualified assistants, and and they do a great job as well. So. You know, we're 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 surely not going to leave any stone unturned from the standpoint of the governorship, and that's first and foremost got to be my number one responsibility. But uh, keep in mind, you know, over the years, you know, I've I've run 102 different companies, and and still managed to make every practice and make every game, and so it's uh, you know, right now the the businesses. The businesses took the lion's share of all my time, and and I've maneuvered all that around to where, really and truly, I'm going to have very little, in fact, nothing to do with our businesses whatsoever. And so, really, I'm going to be looking for something to do. (laughs) I just tease them there. But, but you know, my dad used to always say, you know, son, if you can't get it done in 24 hours a day, you're going to have to work nights, and I work a lot of nights. So, uh, so. You know, we'll we'll get this done, and it, and it won't be any big big problem whatsoever. So when, okay, now let, let's talk on the political side of things. We love basketball, and that's our, that's first and foremost. But just talk about how we got to where we are in, in this particular instance here. Uh, when you got into running for governor, and I, I've, I've known you well enough to know that any time you put your name into something, you put everything you've got behind it as well. Uh, effort-wise to, to get to achieve what you do. That's why the Greenbrier has been as successful as it has been since you have taken ownership of it. But um, did when did it become a reality that, you know, 
I'm going to be the governor of West Virginia. Well, I mean, you know, the campaign is is a is unique to me. You know, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, I, I surely haven't been a politician for long. In fact, I don't really ever want to be called a politician. <laughs> but, uh, but but nevertheless, you know, the campaign lasted eighteen months. I I felt like that that we had a really nice message, and the message is just really simple. I mean, you know. Uh, I can bring a lot to the table. I, I know a lot of people. You know, I've got. I, I'm doing it for all the right reasons. You know, from the standpoint of, I don't want anything. You see, that's the really unique part about me. I, I truly don't want a single thing from the standpoint of for myself in being governor. You know, I am really as sincere as a human being could ever be. You know, a long time ago, our forefathers. You know stepped up and 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 served and they gave up something to serve and uh you know i truly believe this i i really believe the good lord made me jim justice for a reason and who you are for a reason and i really feel like if you can help and you feel in your heart that you can help and you decide oh no i'm not gonna put up with that hassle i don't want to get into all that and I really believe, at least in my world, you're being selfish because we're not going to be here forever. And and really and truly, this state desperately needs people to step up for the right reasons and to to serve and to try to do something without personal gain. And so, the long and the short of it is, we've proven how to be dead last forevermore and about everything coming or going. And it bothers me. It bothers me to my soul. And I. I want goodness for us, and I want opportunity, and I want jobs, and I want hope, and and I want to, uh, and I want us to have hope to where we can get away from all this drugs and all these really tough things that are going on. And so, I can bring a lot to the table. I really can, and uh, and that's not hocus pocus and smoke and mirrors. And and so, uh, you know, as far as your question of. When did I really think it was going to become a reality? Well, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think I was going to win. Coach Jim Justice of Greenbrier East High School Boys and Girls Basketball and Governor Luck joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And I want to share a quick personal story. I actually uh, did radio for Marshall University women's basketball when your daughter Jill played uh, for the Thundering Herd. And I, I remember always seeing you at the road games as well. I was like, wow, that guy's always you know, around the game, around the sport, and, and being supportive of the people that he obviously has a tie to. And uh, still, you know, all these years later, that, that really stuck out to me, the efforts that you made for that. And to me, that always that showed me that, hey, you know, you were always all in on everything that you did. Well, I don't know any other way to do it. You know, <laughs> I, uh, you know I, I truly am just that. And, and you know, for good or for bad, you know, I'm, I am 100% all in on anything and everything that I do. And, uh, you know, I want to I wanna achieve, too, you know, and, and it's really kind of you saying, you know, you know, mentioning, you know, when, you know, I, you know, of course, I love Marshall with all my soul. You know, I'm a Marshall graduate and I surely love our, you know, State University of WVU as well. And, and you know, and so, but I, at the same time, you know, I, I I think back about you know I had the opportunity to coach Jill and 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 you know it was a really 
wonderful time in my life, and I'm sure hers too. And, and you know, we we played a lot of basketball games, went to a lot of different places, went all over the country playing AAU ball, and and and, uh, and you know, I, I really had a great time, you know, watching her and being able to have the opportunity to watch her there at Marshall as well. Coach Joe Linville here. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your uh, thousand wins there that you celebrated a few weeks back, and that just shows how dedicated you are to this game of basketball. But just sitting here this evening listening to you, it sounds like you almost take your daily calendar and schedule it around basketball and your businesses. You just kind of you know work those in there when you have a few minutes here and there. Well, I wouldn't say. <laughs> But, but when you got when you got practice every day, you know, you've got, you know, film to watch and then you go scout games from time to time and uh and, and you know, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. I'll promise you that. You know, I, I'm I'm not gonna do it halfway. It uh I just don't know how to do something that way. But uh but you know, and kids, you know, kids really they don't understand you not you know, not giving it your all. And, uh, but, uh, but it, it's, it's, there's, there's an art to everything. You know, I mean, I, I guess I've done it enough that at some point in time, you know, you learn enough to where you get halfway decent at something. But I truly mean this. And I, you know, I, I've said it a bunch of times. I know there's three things in my life that I can really do, you know, and I, and I don't say this egotistically, but I can really shoot a shotgun. <laughs> the other thing I can do, is I can really coach a basketball team. And, and the last thing is, and I can really negotiate and make deals. And so I think those three things, you know, will really help me from the standpoint that, first of all, you know, the making the deals will really help me with the governorship. I've, I've bird hunted all my life, and I love my bird dog and, and or bird dogs. And, uh, and so I've, I've had the opportunity to shoot a shotgun a lot and everything. And from the standpoint of coaching a basketball team, it's it there's really i mean just like our boys this year i mean i set them down early on after about a week and i looked at them and i said now guys now look let me just ask you this how many of you think you can play an effective help side man defense well they all raise their hand and i said well let me tell you and i hate to tell you this but you can forget that <laughs> That's all there is to it you're too slow you're short you can't you can't possibly move. There's no chance on God's earth. I could send you to a boot camp for for nine months with the Marines and you're still not gonna be able to do it. You know? Now there are things you can do. I mean this team can really shoot the basketball. You know, and, and I really truly believe they're a smart bunch of kids and everything, you know, and and you know, we have a lot of weak links but but you know, I, I said, you'll be the first team that I've ever coached that will shoot more threes than twos. <laughs> but if you'll really buy into what I'm telling you and how how we can do it and how we can run a really good missed shot, made shot break and a lot of stuff and everything, you'll be the real deal. Well, lo and behold, you know, we're, we're doing a decent enough job on defense. We're rebounding the ball halfway decent. That's not real great and everything. But we're getting it up and down the floor. And, you know, we went to Richwood, and Richwood has, you know, I know they're only single A, and they've, but they've got a decent little basketball team. Well, you know, at halftime, we had 66 points at halftime. Well, you know, and so and for a high school basketball team to have 66 at halftime, I mean, you've got to be doing something right. And so 
but but they really intrigue. Now, now our boys team we're going to lose, and 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 we're we're probably going to lose several games before it's over. But but at the same time, we're going to be in every game we play. And uh, but but they they have bought in. They've done something that that you got to do, and that's they they really believe in me. I really believe in them, and lo and behold, they're in phenomenal shape. And here they are, you know, a real team, you know. And so so it, it, there is a real art to doing it. And, uh, you know, you got to, you know, I'm a real believer in respecting the kids. And uh, and, and they, you know, I first and foremost believe that you got to really care for your kids. It's the same thing in running our businesses. You know, Lou Holtz one time looked at me and he said, do you coach your team exactly how you run your businesses? And I said, Absolutely. You know, and I think it's re- as simple as this. I, I really believe that the the coach or the owner's got to care for the kids or the employees, and the employees and the kids have to genuinely care for the owner or the coach, and then the owner or the coach has to make it mandatory that the kids or the employees care for one another. And if you can, and it seems so simple, but if you can really get that going and really, really make it go. Then you really got something, and so uh, so that's what I do. Jim Justice, the head coach of the boys and girls basketball teams at Greenbrier East. Again, we're just calling him Coach Justice for now. In ten days, he will become the governor of West Virginia. Hey, we thank you so much for calling and for joining us. And uh, we need to talk some more basketball again later in the year, I think, because your your boys and girls teams have a chance to to make it to Charleston. I guess they would kind of join you in Charleston at that point. Well, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. And there is a real advantage to being a governor and a coach at the same time. If the official gets completely out of control, I'm going to turn to the state police and I'm going to tell them to taser them. Well, we want to be there for that game, so we'll definitely follow you along. Uh, again, we, we appreciate it so much, and we wish you the best in, in everything that you do as well because when you win, uh, West Virginia wins here in uh, uh, 10 days. So definitely wish you the best in all that. Congratulations, and uh, good luck the rest of the season as well. All right, guys. Listen, thank you all so much for everything you all are doing, and I really admire you for taking on this this task that you do and i know a lot of you are doing it voluntarily and that, and that's really great stuff so thank you guys for everything okay all thank right you. thank you very much that's jim justice the governor-elect of the great state of west virginia and the head boys and girls basketball coach at Greenbrier east high school we're going to take our second break we're going to cram some things in here in the final 15 minutes of this hour but on to our second break we'll come back with a scoreboard update when basketball friday night in west virginia continues here on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. Become part of Basketball Friday Night's family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. 
at hoops underscore roundup. Call the show. We want to hear from you. Toll free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You could tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight. As we mentioned, you can follow us on Twitter, and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight if you're a new follower, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team score and give us your comments on the game, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout-out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. And these are all new followers. Sam Blizzard, Brady in Canterbury, Cody List, at Brokey C. Smith, Cassie Herman, Heather Blake, The Nest, HHH underscore Nest, the official account for Hedgesville High School, and W. Lee Brown. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.48 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. Uh, again, a big thanks to the governor-elect of West Virginia, Jim Justice, for calling in. Also, the boys and girls basketball coach at Greenbrier East. And, and Ryan, just as you uh, mentioned, I had some uh, interaction with uh, Coach Justice many years ago, and uh, he was always very personal. We traded some scout film, uh, getting ready for state tournament, and uh, uh, just a, a very uh, good-hearted person that uh, cares about the sport and the kids. And uh, you know, I, I thought uh, uh, he really laid out well why he does what he does, and uh, laid out a challenge. I think uh, for really all West Virginians, including us, about you know, stepping up and, and trying to do the right thing. So great message from uh, Coach Justice. We're running behind right now, so let's go right to our scoreboard, and Joe will have some boys scores for us. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. On the boys' side of the scoreboard, it was the Golden Bears of Oak Glen over Madonna tonight, 61-57. It was the Bluefield Beavers over the Princeton Tigers, 78-50. It was Charleston Catholic, the Irish, over the Buffalo Bisons, 46-39. It was Martinsburg over Hedgesville, 40-29. It was the Winfield Generals following, falling to the Polka Dots tonight, 62-47. It was Pocahontas County over Moorefield, 52-46. It was Wahama over Corning Miller, Ohio. That game is now a final, 81-55. In the Battle of Wyoming County, it was Wyoming East over the Westside Renegades, 56-44. And it was Frankfurt, the Falcons, over Berkeley Springs tonight, 61-52. Now, Rick, take a look at the girls' side of the scoreboard. Let's take a look at the girls' side of the scoreboard on BasketballNight.com. Uh, first up, Pocahontas County, the Lady Warriors, 55-43 winners over Moorefield. Frankfurt, the Lady Falcons get a big win over Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 72-53. Greater Beckley Christian, 70. Independence, 55. Clear Spring, Maryland, 56. Berkeley Springs, the Lady Indians, 34. 
Also, Hampshire gets their first win of the year this uh, this evening. They are one and seven now, as the Lady Trojans get a forty-eight to thirty win over the Kaiser Golden Tornadoes. And that's a look at your abbreviated girls' scores tonight on BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Again, all those scores on BasketballNight.com at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. We'll step aside, take our third break. When we come back, we'll talk with Steve McComas, head coach of the Scott Skyhawks. Boys basketball team when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players at your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. A shout out to some of the folks following us tonight. New followers. Alan Scott Fitzer, Bailey Yoakum, Justin Kinney, Ron Swanson, Andrew Liller, Rich Leach, Stacy Martinet, Michael at Hall underscore 30, Bonnie Joe Lawson, Zachary Yates, Addy, Addy Fur underscore two, Ben Heck, and Norman Seawright the third. Big thanks and a shout out to Dave Morrison at the ticket sending us all these scores tonight. Thanks to everyone that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.53 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you as we start to wind down the first hour already. Fastest three hours in radio. It is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, kind of a shorter schedule than normal with... Uh, with, with snow being a factor, but nonetheless, we're, we're, scores rolling in. We'll continue to update you on basketballnight.com and at hoops underscore roundup. We've got we're 13 followers shy of 3,000 on uh, our basketball night Twitter handle. That's at hoops underscore roundup. Uh, you follow that and tonight, and we will read your name on the air as we get closer to 3,000. Our goal is to hit the 3,000 mark tonight. So follow us at hoops underscore Roundup. We want to go right back to the phones, though, and the head coach of the Scott Skyhawks boys team is Steve McComas. He's in his first year 
at the helm. He joins us now on the program. Coach, first off, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, good evening. Uh, good evening to you as well. We know that uh, you were kind of put in a tough position. I know uh, Nick Cabell had a, an excellent run as Scott Boys basketball coach. Um, you know, let's just call it what it is. There, there have been some financial problems in Boone County with uh, the downturn in the coal industry, and I know that, that forced a lot of people to make some difficult decisions a- along the way. And uh, now you're the head boys coach at Scott and in, in your first season. And I know it's been a little bit of a rough start for you guys, but uh, still at the same time, uh, the last couple of games, I, I think you're showing improvement. Yeah, we're, we're definitely getting better. You know, we're, we're a young team. Uh, we, have, we do have two returning starters from last year, and then the uh, next four guys, five guys off the bench are all sophomores, you know. So it's uh, their first varsity experience. So they, we had a lot to, lot to put in, and it's been an interesting uh, last couple uh, month and a half or so. Coach Joe Linville here. You've been a part of this program for, for many, many years as an assistant. How is it different being the head coach now than, than when you were assistant coach? Well, uh, it's quite a bit different, Joe. Uh, you've got uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes things that goes on that uh, people don't realize uh, what what head coaches do. Uh, you know, getting travel arrangements and different things lined up that, uh, you know, people take for granted. Uh, that's definitely different. And, you know, Coach uh, Cabell and I have always done the game planning together, so that's not a lot of different there. But, uh, you know, the little things is what, what really gets you. Coach, I know you guys have struggled a little bit. You picked up a win last week over Clay County. Did that give your team any momentum as you roll on into this January schedule? Well, a little bit. Uh, we've, uh, we've, like uh, Ryan mentioned, we've uh, had some close games against some, some, some teams. And I think having them close games against some, uh, a couple other teams has given us some momentum also. Uh, the kids is uh, buying into what we're doing and, uh, they're getting excited. They're working. They're working hard, and they see they see that we're getting better. So yeah, you know that that has given us some momentum. Scott Skyhawks will host the Winfield Generals on the tenth of January, so that will be coming up on Tuesday. Coach Steve McComas of the Skyhawks, we thank you for joining us. And sorry we have to drop out right now, but we've got to step aside and take our final break of the first hour, our fourth break of the hour. We'll come back with more scores and our resident referee, our standout athlete, all that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Big thank you to Mike Graham, 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP in Spencer. 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside. 
95, the Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGA, Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYATLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along as we start hour number two. We're with you until midnight here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Before we get to the scoreboard update, I want to mention something that's off the topic of, of basketball for a moment. But it does, it does involve a West Virginia native, Morgan Zirkel, who had played softball at Cavill Midland High School, currently plays softball for Marshall University, just selected to the USA national team, not not the second-tier elite team, but the top-tier U.S. national team uh, this week. That means that she will be playing in the World Cup of Softball with them in Oklahoma uh, coming up this summer after her senior season at Marshall, which is coming up actually starts in about a month or so. <laughs> softball starts really early. But, um, yeah, it's a West Virginia native who, you know, the Olympics comes back into – uh, the the equation because softball will be back in the Olympics in uh, in Tokyo in 2020 and Coach Maroney might have an Olympian from Cabell County. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, that's a, a big time step up onto the the world stage, really. And uh, what a great accomplishment! And really act as a motivator for other young ladies uh, that are playing softball that are coming up through the ranks. I think she was from the Barbersville Cabell Midland area, went on to the Division One level, Marshall, and uh, she's worked extremely hard. I know you've uh, covered them, Ryan, pretty extensively. And for all uh, things that I've seen, just a great young lady, and uh, very proud of her. And congratulations to her and representing. Uh, Marshall University and uh, the whole tri-state area. So the Olympics still three years away. I mean, they're still they they, they redo this every right. year, but her name's in the hat. Big step. Name's <laughs> in the hat, and it's definitely a big step forward. A, a big step toward that. And there's also another player for Marshall who's probably going to make the Puerto Rican team that will that will likely be an Olympian in, in four years as well. Alicia Durazio. So it's just it's just interesting to have uh, Olympic caliber athletes around. But so I wanted to mention that though, as Morgan's article, Cavill Midland graduate. Uh, current Marshall University uh, player who has a chance to be an Olympian in a few years, but definitely is on the USA national softball team. That, that's, that's, that's as elite as it gets right there. 
And uh, Coach Marone, let's jump right back into our scores here, and you've got to look over the girls' scoreboard tonight. Looking for scores, look no more. We have a boatload of scores tonight as the Basketball Friday Night uh, Cruiser Yacht pulls up with scores aplenty. Row the boat, PJ. Yep. Uh, <laughs> scores ahoy, I think is what we say in uh, the uh, marine world. But on the girls' side, first up, Pocahontas County, the Lady Warriors, 55, Moorefield, 43. The Frankfurt Lady Falcons, 72-53 to winners over Mountain Ridge, Maryland. Greater Beckley Christian claims a 70-55 to winner over Independence. Also on the girls' side, Clear Springs, Maryland knocks off Berkeley Springs. The Lady Indians fall 56-34. to And Hampshire gets their first win of the year. The Lady Trojans 48. The Kaiser Golden Tornado 30. And, Joe, you got to look at the boys' side. Yes, sir. It was the Golden Bears of Oak Glen over Madonna tonight, 61-57. It was the Bluefield Beavers over Princeton tonight, 78-50. Bluefield now 7-1 on the season. And Bluefield's Cody Fuller scored his 1,000th point in that game this evening. It was the Irish of Charleston Catholic over Buffalo. The Bisons fell 46-39. It was Hedgesville. Falling to Martinsburg tonight, Hedgesville drops to 8-2. and two. Martinsburg now 6-1 and one as they defeat the Eagles 40-29. In a game uh, at Winfield tonight, or actually that game was at Polka, it was the Dots over Winfield 62-47. Luke Frampton had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists in that game. It was the Warriors of Pocahontas County over Moorefield this evening, 52-46. Wahama over Corning Miller, Ohio, 81-55. The Warriors of Wyoming East go to 4-2 after picking up a win over Westside, 56-44. And it was Berkeley Springs falling to Frankfurt tonight, 61-52. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. This week's student, uh, standout athlete of the week is Emily Sauerborn. Joining us now is Dylan Stone. He is our special correspondent who works on our athlete, uh, standout athlete of the week stories. And uh, Dylan, we're talking about a versatile young lady this week. Yeah, she really is. That's something that uh, when I talked to uh, her head coach, Mike Baldy, he that was one thing that he, he repeatedly referenced was her versatility. And he actually uh, gave me a little uh, a little backstory that – she uh, had grown at a faster rate when she was younger. So she actually started out playing basketball as a forward, uh, learned all the skills that forwards use, uh, and then now that she's uh, she's tapered off, she's about six one. Uh, but now he's actually playing her at at the two guard. So uh, she's still got the forward uh, some of the forward mentality and the forward skills, but also with the ability uh, to play the guard spot and uh, handle the ball and also shoot the three. She's also got a pretty good amount of endurance. As a cross country runner as well. Yeah, she really does, and that's another thing that uh, that her head coach referenced in saying what what makes her such a special player is uh, her her cross country and her track uh, ability. She's actually been uh, named All State three different times uh, in track, so uh, certainly she's well versed in that. And and the uh, the endurance from that has allowed her, as her her coach said, she rarely ever leaves the floor, and uh, so. The, the, another multi-sport athlete this week, and just goes to show that uh, playing playing multiple sports playing multiple sports really does uh, let you expand your your repertoire and give you 
uh, an advantage sometimes over uh, the people that try to concentrate just on one sport year-round. And she gets it done in the classroom, too. Yeah, she really does. That's a, a very impressive part about her. 4.6 grade point average, and uh, Ryan, right now she's actually on track. Uh, if she continues at her current pace, uh, on track to be her class valedictorian next year. She's only a junior now, but certainly off to a very good start in the classroom as well. Her GPA higher than my career points per game average. Right now, here's our Santa Athlete Elite more on Emily Sauerborn. Emily Sauerborn is a physically powerful guard for the Trinity Christian Warriors who has been able to use her varied skill set while adapting to several different positions on the basketball court. She is known for two traits, work ethic and loyalty. Also, she exhibits a powerful determination to learn and improve in all facets of her life. For these reasons, Emily is this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Emily's head coach, Mike Baldy, says that her drive to put into practice what she learns manifests itself not only in the classroom, but also on the basketball court, where she becomes an extension of her coaches on the floor. There will be time at timeouts where I'll say to her, what do you see out there, Em? And she'll literally grab the clipboard out of my hand and draw something up for us. We want her to become more vocal as a coach on the floor. Instead of just understanding what's going on, we're pushing her to understand what's going on and become vocal to her teammates and coaches about it. But she's on the right path with that, and I would definitely describe her as a coach on the floor. Coach Baldy also says that Emily is a positive role model for her teammates by demonstrating what it means to put the team first and that her suffering through a rough season this past year is being rewarded now. She's definitely a leader on the team. Last year, we did not have such a nice season. It was my first season as a girls coach, and there was a big gap. We lost everyone except for Emily. She was the one returner. So we really view her as the girl that bridges the gap between what the program was and what the program is going back to be again. And that's on and off the court stuff. That's leading by example on the court leading by example in the locker room, being on time, being early to all the practices and games. She basically shows the other girls what it takes to be part of a winning program, which a lot of the other girls that we have on our team are first-time basketball players. They're second-year playing, so Emily's a big part of teaching them what being part of a successful program is all about. When asked what makes Emily such a special player, Coach Baldy claims it is her versatility, stemming from playing both the guard and forward positions throughout her career. She grew before most girls in her grade, and she was a forward most of her life. Now, we play her as the two guard, so she has the benefit of she's got a great shot, so that's why we play her at the two guard, and she's strong with the ball. So she has the benefit of those skills that she's acquired as more of a guard position player, but then still has her skills and she's still kind of a ball hawk on rebounds because growing up she was one of the forwards. So versatility, conditioned, and shooting is what I would say her her three key aspects that make her a great player. Emily owes that great conditioning to her work with two other sports, track and cross country, where she has been a three-time All-State selection. Her coach says her involvement in those other sports has benefited her by allowing her to improve in areas that solely playing basketball could not. I think as you see more and more kids become one sport athletes, they don't really reap the benefits of the other sports. If you do basketball all year round, there's obviously the burnout that you worry about, but you're also missing out on other skills that you pick up in other sports, whereas M's a perfect example of it. Doing cross-country and track, she has great footwork, great conditioning, and those are things that she carries into basketball season. And just the mental focus, too, to switch from one sport to the other. It's almost like a dream player for a coach. She's just mentally focused at all times, great shape, great kid. She really benefits from everything she does 
off the basketball court really carries into her basketball life. Off the court is another area of importance to the junior, and it shows with her election as her class's vice president and her work in the classroom. Coach Baldy thinks that the work ethic she demonstrates in her schooling allows her to excel on the court as well. She has an understanding from classwork of what it takes to achieve high grades, so she carries that into basketball. She has to carry that into the understanding of what it takes to achieve our goals, playing in the state tournament, winning a lot of games, her individually scoring points, collecting rebounds, things like that. She has the understanding of the hard work it takes. And I think just aside from the hard work, too, I, she's got a great brain, for lack of a better term. She carries that in with her basketball IQ. She just understands the game. It's not just the hard work that she carries from the classroom. It's the knowledge, too. For as impressive as Emily's exploits are in basketball and track and field, perhaps her work in the classroom is more remarkable as she maintains a 4.6 grade point average. She is, in the truest sense of the term, a student athlete. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan, and congratulations to Emily Sauerborn, our standout athlete of the week on Basketball Night in West Virginia. You can always go to basketballnight.com to submit your uh, nominations for that. And again... If you submit it already, they're still in the the hat to be chosen. Uh, I wouldn't call it the hat because they're not just picked out, but you know they're still they're they're still in the well to be chosen there. So um, you don't have to nominate the same person on a weekly basis, but uh, definitely you can do that at basketballnight.com. We hope to hear from Emily a little bit later on tonight. Okay, big matchup in the Eastern Panhandle boys basketball. One of those rivalry games we talked about, Martinsburg. Getting a win over Hedgesville tonight, 40-29 to at Hedgesville. And joining us now from WRNR Radio, Talk Radio, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg is Matt Miller. And Matt, anytime Martinsburg and Hedgesville get together on the basketball court, it's always a battle. It was another one tonight, a low-scoring one, but one the Martinsburg Bulldogs come out with the win. Yeah, it didn't look good early for the Dogs. Hedgesville really was able to keep this game at the pace that they wanted, coming out playing his own defense. Martinsburg had some trouble with it early on, and Hedgesville had a 5-4 to four lead after quarter number one and extended that lead to 14-11 to 11 at the half. But the Bulldogs came out a little more aggressive, attacked that zone a little bit better in that third quarter, outscored Hedgesville 15-11, to 11, and then in the fourth quarter, Martinsburg really clamped down defensively and outscored the Eagles 16 to 4 and Martinsburg gets the victory 42 to 29. I know we were looking forward to and we'll, we'll definitely fix that score on our scoreboard as well. We were, we were looking forward to this this season getting into a lot of those Eastern Panhandle teams had excellent records uh, going into the new year and uh, starting to see them play each other. I know Musselman is still out there as someone who is uh, many people believe to be the best team in the Eastern Panhandle this year. They're undefeated. But Martinsburg, obviously, right there as well. Hedgesville in the midst of it. Spring Mills is 6-2. and two. There's a lot of good basketball in the Eastern Panhandle right now. Yeah, I'm really anxious to see as these teams start to play one another how it kind of plays out. As you mentioned, Musselman, arguably the team to beat, not only because they're undefeated right now at 6-0, and but they probably have more back than any of the other teams. When you look at this matchup tonight between Martinsburg and Hedgesville, the Bulldogs have two seniors, seven juniors, three sophomores, and two freshmen on their roster. Hedgesville has just three seniors, six juniors, 
three sophomores and two freshmen. One of those freshmen in the starting lineup for Hedgesville, and at one point in the game, Martinsburg had both of their freshmen on the floor along with that freshman for Hedgesville. So, you know, some young teams here in the Eastern Panhandle. Um, we'll see whether any of those young guys and young teams can develop enough to maybe compete with a more experienced Musselman team as the season goes along. I think it's a very interesting season that is unfolding in the Eastern Panhandle for boys basketball. Matt Miller, Talk Radio, WRNR in Martinsburg. Thanks so much for joining us tonight and look forward to talking more basketball with you as the season goes along. Have a great weekend. All right, you as well. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we may bring on our resident <laughs> referee, Bo Anderson. Or Maybe. We, or we might not. <laughs> or, no, most likely we will. But we'll talk more basketball when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, which 2016 Boys State champion has the best chance of repeating 2017? 50%, 57% of you voted Fairmont Senior. 23% St. Joseph Central Irish. 20% Morgantown Mohicans. Tonight's question, do you like the basketballnight.com power ratings? You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Go to basketballnight.com over on the right-hand side. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Doug Workman, Point Pleasant Big Blacks, Lauren, Antelok, East Fairmont Bees, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley High School Timberwolves, and tonight, Emily Sarborn, Trinity Christian Warriors. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you have someone remarkable on your team, or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. For scores online, all of them, visit basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Limble. Happy to have you on the program. Of course, we're counting down until we get to our 3,000th follower on Twitter. We have a couple of a few people here actually to uh say hello to who have just begun following us Asina, who is a fairmont state student joining us 
uh, on basketball Friday night in West Virginia on at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Also, Seth Payne, who for some reason wasn't following us until now, he's on the program. <laughs> Wait till the next uh, department meeting. We're going to deal with him. <laughs> yeah, he will be dealt with. That's correct. There may be a taser involved. No, um, also, to Mrs. G, uh, uh, thanks to her for following us on hoops underscore roundup as well as we near the 3,000 follower mark. That is our goal, of course, by the end of the night. Let me get an update on exactly where we are right now before we uh, That's three, along. so we're down to ten. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> if we've got them all in there, I believe so. Actually, we're down to nine now, so there's, there's another one. So nine to go to get to 3,000 uh, on at hoops underscore roundup. Follow us on Twitter. You get scores, every score of every basketball game in the state of West Virginia. So really neat thing. It's how, how actually I find scores for even some of the local teams that I follow that I can't get scores for otherwise. Yep. It's incredible. So uh, definitely uh, something you should look into uh, following us on Twitter for that. Let's go back to the phone lines as our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joins us on the program and Bo, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, I'm uh, glad to be back. And you know what? When you said 3,000 a second ago, I thought you were going to introduce me as the 3,000. It's getting close to my 3,000th hour on home. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I, I missed that, I reckon. You've only been on hold for 27 minutes this time, which is one of the shortest, which would have been like the shortest time from last year. We've been better with you this year. You really have, uh, you know, and of course, part of it's my fault. Well, it's not my fault. It's oh, yeah, yes, it is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because I had to sit at home tonight because of the weather, and I got to make up for it tomorrow and do two games tomorrow. So I'll be, uh, I'll be full of uh, a day full of basketball tomorrow for me. That should be a lot of fun. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you open reign here on this opening question. Uh, Bo, actually, I've got one for you. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I uh, told the guys I appreciate your help uh, this week with some of the reschedules. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Bo, uh, fashion police, let's just uh, throw that term out there to start with. I know part of your all's job is uh, regulating uh, fashion. Uh, I know you probably don't enjoy that part of it. But a couple of things, if you could share with folks. Uh, I know we've talked about in the past some things with undershirts, headbands. Uh, now with the new things with these leggings that a lot of them are seeing worn in the pros and the colleges, whether they're knees or leggings that they wear underneath their uniforms, if you could just share with folks what color schemes have to be there and what the color combinations are that are allowed and aren't allowed in those uh, wardrobe-type things. Absolutely, and it is fashion police, Rick. You're right. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I need a red light out there. Uh, you know, just chase them down and pull them over whenever they've got the wrong uniform on. But, uh, you know, uh, here is – it's very simple, but yet seems to still be complicated for everybody. And I, and I hope everybody that's listening, as far as especially coaches are, can help out and get it cleaned up uh, to where it matches. The undershirt, let's start with that. The undershirt has to be the same color as the predominant color of the jersey. So if you are wearing red, you need to have a type of color of red undershirt on. If you're wearing white, it's white. If you're wearing black, it's black. That's very simple. The headbands, the wristbands, the the 
arm or, or the arm sleeves, the, the, the things on the leg, they all have to match. They need to be black, white, beige. They all need to match. So if someone comes out and five people's got a white headband on and on the same team five people's got a black headband on, five of them's got to take them off and either match the other five or don't wear them. The wristbands, the the undergarments, they've got to match. They've all got to be, and it's got to all be the same. So the headbands has got to match the wristbands. The headbands and wristbands has got to match the undertights. It's really simple. Either buy stuff all white, all black, all beige, or, or get it, you know, with with the color that you, you know that you're wearing, uh, and, and and be done with it. And it's the same way with the the knee pads. If you're going to wear the, the the knee pads. The only exception to the rules on not being the same color and everybody having it on the same team is if you're wearing a brace, some type of leg brace. There's no color requirement on that. And obviously, you know, we're not going to pick on someone that's hurt. And that's the purpose of that rule because, you know, they, they may, <laughs> it's going to be hard to get if you're, if you're wearing, uh, you know, uh, a beige. It might be hard to get a beige colored brace, obviously. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, it can be, of a different color, it does not have to match the rest, but the rest needs to match. It's hey. really simple. Uh, it, it's in the rules. Uh, all coaches get a packet, and then some, you know, a lot of times, Rick, you're right, go out, and here I got to say, okay, you know, they're wearing black uniforms, they got white t shirts on, those have got to go. Oh, we've been wearing them for five games. Well, then it's <laughs> five crews of officials, false. And another thing people don't understand about that is, you know, if we don't enforce that, and then someone of the higher up sees this team wearing that, and then they say, "Well, what happened last week?" Well, we worked last week. Nobody said a word. Then they're going to probably check and see who the crew was at work last week, and you know, say something to them. Hey, Bo, just uh, just for the people that are watching at home that are on our video feed, and this will work in radio too. The three of us that are at the table right here. One of us would be out of uniform in order to start a game. Would you like to – I don't know if you can see the video feed, but Joe has a lovely black button-up shirt with a black undershirt. Ryan has a white button-up with a white turtleneck. And I have a black button-up shirt with a gray undershirt with a turtle mock turtleneck, mind you. Now, which one of us would not be allowed to participate? Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan just didn't get the memo last night. But he's actually in uniform, right? He's got white on white. I have black on gray. Well, that's because you are playing against each other right now, see? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's not the same team, you know. <laughs> it, it really is, though. I hate it. I, I hate that to, uh, you know, it's, it's our job to police. It's our job to make it happen. I hate to have to do it because, you know, some of this stuff, they're, they're, what they're trying to do, first of all, they don't want you to be a walking billboard of advertisement. And the second of all, they want you to look uniform, you know, and all this extra stuff that people wear now. And, you know, Rick, I can go back to when you and I both played. We didn't have all that stuff. We didn't wear the, the uh, uh, you know, those shooting sleeves. I don't know how many points they score for you. Uh, the tights, I'm not sure how many points they get for the team or the wristbands or the headbands. I, I'm not sure how many baskets that scores anybody. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't like the rule, but we have to enforce it. It's there and it will help, Rick. 
And all you coaches that are listening, if you'll just if you don't understand the rule, get your rule book out. We have a uniform section in the rule book. There's also a section on National Federation that you can get on and look and see the uniforms rules, see what you're supposed to do, and then it makes it easy for everybody. And it doesn't make somebody look like the bad guy when six games into it, a guy's been wearing a white undershirt with a black jersey, and some uh, some bad guy like me says that's got to go, or you're not going to play. You know, it's just it's that simple. But yes, I, I I don't like being fashion police, but on the other hand, you know we're at the point now where people coming out and. If it wasn't fashion police, then we'd have people out there that look like rainbows. So, Bo, our standout athlete of the week last week was Chandler Stacy, and he tweeted in a question for you from a week ago. And this is one that I know you've explained a lot, so you've, you've got you're well rehearsed in this one. <laughs> what constitutes a backcourt violation exactly? Okay, all right, yeah, very simple. I went over that. It's been a little while, so I'll be glad to touch bases on that. On a player who's dribbling the basketball. Let's go with the dribbler first. The dribbler needs to have both feet and the ball touching the front court in order for them not to be allowed to step on the line or go into the back court. So they can have one foot across and be dribbling the ball. They can have both feet across and the ball still in the back court. They can have the ball in the front court and the two feet in the back court. It's got to be all three points across. Now, the second one is on the pivot. If your pivot foot is in the back court, whether it's on the line or in the back court, you can step across into the front court, step back into the back court, and you can do that. And the thing that's going on while that's happening on both those occasions is you still got 10-second counts going until it gets into the front court. Now, let's go with another one. A player in the back court passes the ball, and the ball hits in the front court and then goes into the backcourt on a spin, and a player from that same team who's possessed the ball touches it. That's a backcourt violation because the ball hitting the front court give it front court status. Then going into the backcourt, and we got last touch in the backcourt, hit front court, and then first touch, you, you've got backcourt violation. The other one people don't understand and there's, there's several here, but I'll try to be as brief as I can. If a player's dribbling the ball in the front court and the defender reaches in and hits the ball and it hits off of the dribbler's leg and goes into the back court and that player who was dribbling in his front court goes back there and gets it, that's a back court violation. Everybody's going to yell, well, he touched it. Makes no difference. The touching does not change who is possessing the basketball. So the player who drove on the front court, the defender hits it off the player's leg. It goes into the back court. He goes back and gets it. Last to touch, first to touch. The last to touch was me. I'm in control of the ball in the front court, and I'm the first to touch in the back court. Back court violation. Now the another one I can go through. There's a lot of them, but I'm. I'm trying to do this brief. On an inbounds, two different inbounds plays you can have. One, on an inbounds, for the first person to catch that ball, the midcourt stripe is out. So if I throw the ball to my teammate and my teammate jumps from backcourt, catches the ball in the air, lands in the front court, it's legal. Or if my teammate jumps from front court, 
catches the ball in the air, lands in the backcourt, that's legal on a throw-in. The first one to catch, if they're in the air, no backcourt violation. Another part that's not backcourt is, let's say, Team A's throwing the ball in underneath their basket. And I'll just give this as an example. And they throw a long pass, and they throw it to a teammate who fumbles the ball while they're in their front court, and it goes into the back court. They can go back and get that ball legally without anybody else touching it. That is not a backcourt violation. They have not had possession of the ball in the front court yet. And, of course, you guys know how I like to say this. On page 999 of the coach's manual and 1,200 of the fans' manual, everybody's going to be screaming. But in true reality, by true rule, that's a legal play. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, always a pleasure. We always thank him for taking his time out to talk with us. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll get a scoreboard update. We'll hear from Sam Blizzard of WELD Radio in Hardy County, Dylan Gaudet of the Buccaneers Sports Network by Cannon Upshur Girls Basketball, and Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton. That's right, edge to edge in this state. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at hoops underscore roundup and we want to make it to 3,000 followers tonight a shout out to our newest followers on twitter mrs g asina logan watson seth payne just following us now seth payne where you been ian ian crane 25 sam blizzard who's coming up logan taylor and dylan at underscore dylan 24 underscore once again follow us on twitter tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup tweet us your team score give us your comments on the game go to our webpage basketballnight.com you can call tweet text and email join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game call us toll free 855-784-6677 855-784-6677 follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup go to our website check out the scoreboard and find out how you can connect with the show at basketballnight.com up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling 
10.34 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Before we go back to the phones and we've got callers lined up, we need to do a scoreboard update. So, Coach Marone, you take the girls' scores and then I'll get the boys' scores. Looking for scores, look no more. We have got scores aplenty on our BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. On the girls' side, Pocahontas County, 55, Moorfield, 43. Frankfort to Lady Falcon 72, Mountain Ridge, Maryland 53. Greater Beckley Christian gets a 70 to 55 win over Independence. Clear Spring, Maryland claims a 56 to 34 win over Berkeley Springs tonight. Also, the Lady Trojans of Hampshire get their first win tonight, 48 to 30 over the Kaiser Golden Tornadoes. And Parkersburg Catholic a big road win at Williamstown tonight, 70 to 55. The Crusaders get the win, and Ryan, you got to look at the boys' scores. It was Oak Glen improving to six and three tonight with a 61-57 victory over the Blue Dons of Madonna. Bluefield bounces back from its first loss of the season. Bluefield lost earlier this week to Mount View. Tonight, they knock off Mercer County rival Princeton, 78 to 50. We'll hear much more on that in a moment as Bluefield's Cody Fuller scores 1,000 career point. Charleston Catholic is seven and two. The Irish defeat Buffalo tonight. 46-39. Martinsburg defeats Hedgesville in a key Eastern Panhandle showdown. 42-29, the final score from Hedgesville tonight. Martinsburg gets the road victory. Polka dedicates Allen Osborne Court with a victory. The Dots defeat county rival Winfield tonight. 62-47. Davidson signee Luke Frampton of the Dots, 24 points and 11 rebounds in the win. Pocahontas County Warriors are 7-1. They defeat Moorfield tonight, 52-46. The Yellow Jackets fall to 2-6. We'll talk much more about that game as well. In a moment, Wahama defeats Corning Miller, Ohio. Final score tonight, the White Falcons get the win, 81-56. That's 55, excuse me. Maybe my eyes aren't as good as I thought. Also, <laughs> Wyoming East defeats Westside tonight, 56-44. And Frankfurt beats Berkeley Springs 61 to 52. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. That was a week ago you had your eyes dilated. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, the eye doctor appointment's been a while ago. But if, eh, fives and sixes, they tend to look Did alike. they tell you you need glasses? Uh, uh, actually, they said I was doing all right. They didn't, didn't change my prescription this time. Maybe they should have. All right. Uh, anyway, Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County, joins us now. We talked more field with him last week, and tonight the Yellow Jackets come up short again but Sam this is a young ball club and that game tonight uh, a game that was uh, competitive down to the wire with a very good Pocahontas County team yes indeed um, did a little uh, stat research here the six losses for Moorfield are by combined 35 points on the season so you know average of about five points a game there I had their game earlier in the week against uh, Tucker County that was a game where they Pretty much had the control of the game up by eight with just a few minutes to go. But uh, Tucker County used all of that experience that they had from all those trips to the state tournament. Uh, decided the shots just weren't falling, so they just put their head down and uh, got fouled and hit their shots and pulled out a two-point win in that one. But, uh, you know, Warfield's right there. Just need to get over the hump. Well, I just, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. The last three games, you're talking about losses by two losses by two, and a loss by six. And, um, you know, again, learning how to win cannot be understated. And I think there's something to that down the stretch. And, I mean, I, I know those are three heartbreaking games in a row. Do you still see it getting closer even within those losses? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, they um, were just hanging right in there, 
with the uh, you know early in the year they were playing you know solid for a half three quarters but uh going right down to the wire and as you said it's just a matter of uh, making a few plays here and there that's what a lot of these close games come down to just somebody making a play you know busy week coming up for the yellow jackets too we got uh on the on the schedule wednesday at petersburg thursday at Paw and then a home game friday with east hardy back to back to back next week uh going to be some tough sledding there it is uh, actually i'm going to be doing uh union and east hardy boys on wednesday night and then uh, you know y'all were talking earlier about rivalry games east hardy and moorfield that's usually a pretty big rivalry ever here in hardy county um you know that's with all sports, doesn't matter really what they're doing, but uh, you know, in basketball, they uh, they really get down to the wire most times. Should be a lot of fun, and those two teams both doing well. Again, Moorfield, don't let the record fool you. That's a team that's right on the cusp of, of like you said, getting over that hump. Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. Always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. All right, now moving right along, we go to Dylan Goday of the Buccaneer Sports Network. Covers the Buchanan Upshur girls, and that's a team that continues to prove that they are right among the elite in the state. Another big week for Buchanan Upshur as the Buccaneers now seven and one on the season. And uh, Dylan, this is a ball club that uh, we were talking about uh, last week having that win over South Charleston, now a win over North Marion. I think if anybody had any questions, still, I don't know why they would, that win over North Marion should answer a lot. Yeah, it should, and thank you guys for having me. Uh, That win, coming right off that South Charleston game, going in the North Marion game, that's a team the girls haven't beat since they've been in high school, and that's a win that they were hungry to get. They came into that game, forced North Marion into a lot of turnovers, end up getting a pretty decisive victory, 65-51. Uh, North Marion, I think, is a known qu- uh, quantity in AA. And, uh, again, I, I know that there are people out there who just – they're not used to Buchanan Ups for being good. And, and um, I think that – do you, do you get the sense that they feel like they almost have to prove themselves every time out on the court? Yeah, I do get that sense. I have two sisters on the team, and I know – firsthand that they that they've been hungry for the last two years the last two years making to the state tournament they kind of got the raw deal in the seating and they that's frustrated them and pushed them in the off season. They, these girls on the mccain up team have been working together since the fourth and fifth grade so uh, just playing together all year long and this just really drove them because mccain before really the last three or four years it it's been kind of rough in mccain for girls basketball and then they've come in and turned around with two straight state tournament appearances Hey, Dylan, Coach Marone here from Tulsa. And uh, I also uh, was impressed, too, the South Charleston game, and then you turn around and play another number one team. It looks to me like this Buchanan team is getting better, not just on the court, but confidence-wise. They've got a big game coming up with Morgantown. But uh, what do you attribute to the fact that, yeah, they've been to the state tournament, but they've really broke through this year, and they've knocked off a couple of heavyweights there, the number one uh, team in both those divisions. Uh, Is their confidence continuing to grow as they go through this part of their schedule? Yes, it is, and they play they play those type of teams in the off season. They play the Wheeling Parks, the Morgantowns, the South Charlestons, teams like that in the off season and in at camps and tournaments and stuff. So they've really gained that confidence through the years, and it's just proven it out on the court. 
Dylan Goday of the Buccaneer Sports Network. The Buchanan Upshur girls are 7-1, and one, have beaten AAA at the time, number one, South Charleston, and AA at the time, number one, North Marion. And a big game coming up on Monday night as the Buccaneers go to three-time reigning state champion Morgantown. And I'll tell you what, Buchanan Upshur, another chance to, uh, again, continue to tell the state, hey, what more do we have to do to prove that they're for real? I think that's a team that could very easily be ranked in the top two at this point. Definitely could. When you knock off number ones uh, back-to-back, that definitely gets your attention. But to me, really, if you want to put your stamp on uh, AAA girls basketball, Ryan, they get a chance against Morgantown coming up. If they take down the Mohegans, big-time win there. Dylan, thanks so much for joining us. Have a good weekend. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Dylan Goday of the Buccaneer Sports Network. We're going to be right back to the phones. Wes McKinney. WAEY Radio, Princeton, tough loss tonight against rival Bluefield. And uh, West Bluefield didn't seem too happy to be uh, coming off of a loss. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for having me on. And I can guarantee you, I was at the Brush Fork Armory tonight. I was not in James Miller last night. Brush <laughs> <laughs> Armory tonight. I was there in, in person. And, you know, we thought maybe Princeton was getting. Uh, Bluefield had a really good time. They just come off that loss to uh, Mountain View, as you said, by 11 back on Tuesday night. Uh, they actually lost Mookie Collier in that game. He got uh, banged up a little bit. He's expected to be okay and everything. But he's kind of the driving force behind what Bluefield does. And we thought Bluefield might be real and all that, but that was definitely not the case uh, tonight. Uh, Cody Fuller, I heard you guys mention there just a few moments ago that he did indeed score his 1,000 points in that, of course, between Richlands, Virginia, and, uh, and, and Bluefield uh, this year. And he went off. He had 14 points in the first half, 21 for the game. Hit uh, his first three three-pointers, was four for five in the first half from behind the arc, and hit five triples in the game total. Princeton just could not find an answer for him. And what's weird about it is Princeton really contained him uh, when they met earlier in the Princeton Christmas tournament back in the middle part of December, held four to just three points. They still did lose that game, did Princeton. Um, but Cody Fuller was really the, the star tonight for Bluefield. Uh, Princeton did get 13 points and nine rebounds from Cole Cochran, but uh, too much Cody Fuller. And once Princeton started to figure out how to guard Fuller, they left the lane open a little bit too much and allowed too much penetration. Princeton will take on top-ranked Greenbrier East next Friday night. And, um, Wes, uh, obviously Greenbrier East brings its own challenges uh, with it as well. And uh, for Princeton, just the road just does not get any easier. Yeah, and, and guys, I, I think part of Princeton's problem right now, and it's not really anybody's fault in particular, it's just trying to find continuity with this group. I think I mentioned last week they're starting two sophomore guards. They do have – three seniors in their starting front court, but two sophomore guards that really haven't been through the rigors of, you know, a, a triple-A basketball schedule. You know, it's not as, you know, as, as competitive as it used to be when they were in the MSAC, but, uh, you know, a prince is just trying to find their, their legs right now about them, and, you know, when you don't play over Christmas and then you have um, uh, uh, basically a, a two-week layoff or, I guess, about a 10-day layoff between West Side. Um, and James Monroe, then you have another week off between James Monroe and Bluefield, and then another week off between Bluefield and Greenbrier East. I, I think that's creating a little bit of chemistry issue for Princeton right now. And, and, and what I think Princeton needs is they just need to get in the flow of playing. 
two or three games a week, and after they play Greenbrier East next Friday, they go on a huge, huge run of games there. I think it's three or four consecutive weeks. They have three games, or, uh, or they have uh, three games in, in each week there during that run. So I think Princeton is ultimately going to be fine. I think they need to find some consistency and continuity. But like you said, Greenbrier East presents its own challenge, and I'm interested to see um, what the Spartans do tomorrow night against Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, why not? Just throw Woodrow Wilson right in the mix as well, right? I mean, just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wes, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for calling, and uh, have a good weekend. A good call tomorrow night. Thank you. All right, it's Wes McKay, WAEY Radio, voice of the Prince of the Tigers. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll have our standout athlete of the week, Emily Sauerborn of the Trinity Christian Warriors. And we'll also have another guest who was honored tonight a little bit later on. As Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit BasketballNight.com. Follow us on Twitter tonight, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And in just a moment, we'll tell you who our latest followers are. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of our Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Our latest followers, we're trying to break 3,000 tonight. Shout out to Richard Lewis, R.D. Lewis, 15, GBC, new and improved. Sean, Shane Davis, senior at Richie, Logan Taylor, Kate, Dylan, Will Fontanopoulos, Mrs. G, Sam Blizzard, Brady in Canterbury. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1049 on this January 6, 2017. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Limble back with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Every week we honor a standout athlete of the week. This week... Our standout athlete of the week comes from Trinity Christian High School. That's in the Morgantown area. She is a starter for the Warriors who have 
got off to a, another good start this season. Uh, Trinity Christian, 7-3 and three on the young season. She has a 4.6 GPA as a three-time All-State cross-country runner as well and a junior for the Lady Warriors. Her name is Emily Sauerborn. She joins us now. You're on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Emily, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you for having me. Uh, always a pleasure to get to talk with some of the uh, players and athletes from across the mountain state. And uh, We were going over some of the accolades for you. And uh, First off, uh, let's talk a little bit of hoops. 7-3 and three on the season. A good start for your basketball club. Yes, yeah, much better than last year. The difference this year is we're focusing on elevating each other's games and really winning as a team rather than getting a win here and there just because we got lucky. Well, also, a, uh, the second leading scorer on the team last year and, and again this season, according to your coach Mike Baldy, and uh, three-time All-State Award winner in cross-country. How does the success you have had in cross-country translate to the basketball court? Well, I started running cross-country as a way to get in shape for basketball, and I ended up falling in love with the sport. Cross-country and track are both mentally tough sports, and I think that that helps me carry on in the basketball court. In cross-country and track, you don't have timeouts or stop balls or anything like that, and so just that mental toughness really helps me. A 4.6 GPA tells me you balance a lot of things together and do so effectively. Uh, how are you able to, to keep your days straight, so to speak? Um, it's not always easy. I'm, I'm really busy, but it's, it's worth it. Um, usually my days consist of going to practice or a game and homework and then starting it all over again. Also the vice president of the junior class at Trinity. So, you know, because there's not enough already on your plate, uh, also have that as well. Obviously, that's, a, that's an honor from your fellow students as well. Yes, that is. That is. So Trinity Christian now 7-3 and three on the season. And um, just looking ahead at your schedule upcoming um, here in the next few days, uh, you'll have a game with St. John Central Ohio scheduled for tomorrow. And, uh, you know, what, what do you know about that team going in? And then uh, a little bit later on this week, a game against uh, Madonna as well. Last year we went up to St. John's, and they beat us very badly. Um, I do not know a whole lot about them, but our coach has scouted and has provided us with insight on them. And I think if we show up and do what we do well, I think we have a good shot to come away with a victory there. Emily Sauerborn from Trinity Christian, our standout athlete of the week. Emily, thanks so much for calling. Congratulations again, and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, again, that's our standout athlete of the week from Trinity Christian High School, uh, Emily Sauerborn. And uh, we, we brag on our standout athletes of the week for a reason, Coach Marone. And, I mean, again, 4.6 GPA, vice president of the junior class, three-time cross-country, all-state, runner second leading scorer on the basketball team that's a i'm tired just trying to remember it all <laughs> tell you what i don't think uh i know a lot of us that are around athletics and extracurriculars joe we know what goes into 
the time management that these student athletes uh, put into their academics and their athletics. And I tell you what, those are skills that are learned that are kind of behind the scenes that will help them in life as you try and uh, prioritize things. And Emily, a great example, uh, having coached cross country a little bit myself, uh, uh, I tell you what, that's a very demanding sport. She hit it right on the head. It's a very self-disciplined sport. But to juggle all of her activities is very impressive uh, to keep uh, her academics as high as they are. You know, you think back on it you did, when you're that age, because I, I'm thinking back, you know, when I was that age in high school and, you know, doing sports and photography and everything, you, you just you just keep you just keep going with the flow. I mean, you know where you need to be at this time and that time, and you just uh, hope you make it and try to stay on track. Our Twitter account, at Hoops underscore Roundup, now at 2,998 followers. As we get so close to 3,000, I want to say hello to our new followers, Will Fenton of Fayetteville, big-time basketball player for the uh, Pirates as well, all-time leading scorer down there. Uh, Dylan, don't have your last name. Uh, Caden Warball, as well as Logan Taylor, who is a basketball player at Oak Glen. Sean, uh, Richard Lewis, and Tom. Some of those are just <laughs> great hey, handles. We, hey, that's that's all we've got to go with sometimes, and uh, we we appreciate all of you who follow us along the way on hoops underscore roundup uh, on Twitter, of course, basketballnight.com, the website that has a little bit of everything. Tell you what, another thing, Ryan, uh, I want to give a big shout-out James Beckman from East Fairmont, as he noticed, uh, representing here on the front with one of the, the Lady Bees jerseys here. We appreciate him providing the swag. And also a great event going on at East Fairmont on January 16th. That's Martin Luther King Day. They have a loaded girls' uh, classic going on that day, 1045 Gilmer County and Summers County. Wayne takes on Bridgeport, Bluefield and North Marion, Frankfurt and Lincoln, and Wyoming East and Fairmont Senior at 545, and the nightcap Clay County and East Fairmont. All those teams are ranked or receiving votes, and uh, he does a great job uh, for girls basketball all across the state. And I uh, wanted to give a little bit of information about that event. If you can get out to East Fairmont on the 16th, uh, be a great uh, classic to watch. It, it's it's kind of it's it's a showcase type event. Uh, it's not the Cardinal Conference Big Ten shootout, but it's got some similar teams in it, different matchups. And what I like, Coach Rohn. They made some of those matchups a little bit flexible this year, and I believe they're creating the best on-court matchups when you get there this season. Unbelievable. And when you think about getting to see a Bluefield and North Mary and uh, number three and number one in Class AA in the girls, Frankfurt and Lincoln, six and five, and, of course, Wyoming East and Fairmont Senior, that's a matchup you may get to see later in the spring as well. So if you love uh, girls basketball or basketball in general, that's a great place to be on uh, Martin Luther King Day the 16th of January. Joe, you need to host one of these tournaments down in the coal field somewhere. <laughs> we got one going on a Williams Center in a couple of weeks. Like, what more do you it's want? Just, it's just a little farther down the road. Uh, but, uh, you know, anytime that, that these teams get to play, obviously it, it's a lot of fun to see teams from across the region uh, get to play each other across the state. And uh, hopefully the weather holds. And it's supposed to improve a little bit next week as the weather gets back up in the 50s. But we're, we're, we're in the ice age right now, it feels like for at least uh, the next few days. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will get another check of your scoreboard, and we'll talk to a man who was honored by a school he coached at for a long time. And Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues from the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. <laughs>
Special thanks today to all of our affiliates. Listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHN, THM, LT, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP, and Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP, Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP, Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI, and Linside, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW, Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFG8, Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAP, Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in Huntington on Comcast, Channel 25, and Armstrong Digital, Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com basketballnight.com Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. We'll get you a scoreboard in a moment. Let's go to the phones first, though. That's how we're going to line this all up. And then we'll also get our unveiling of our BasketballNight.com power ratings in a moment as well. But right now, to the phones. Alan Osborne retired from coaching after a long and storied career at Polka High School, including a state championship two years ago on an undefeated Dots team that was the first West Virginia high school to finish undefeated since the late 80s. And uh, last year they were runner-up. Tonight, Polka High School named its court at the Dot Dome after him. It is now Allen Osborne Court, and they played the inaugural game on Allen Osborne Court tonight and picked up a win over Winfield. Alan Osborne joins us now on the program. First coach, how is retirement treating you? Well, I tell you what, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's an adjustment you've got to make, but uh, it's doing, I'm doing all right. And, uh, you know, just take one day at a time every day. A Saturday, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, you spent about 40 years this time of year having practice or a game almost, you know, five, six nights a week. What do you do with all this free time? 
Well, I'm watching college basketball. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. <laughs> uh, I've probably seen a hundred college basketball games on TV. Now I do, you know, do a lot of reading and and uh, still watch a lot of basketball. Still trying to stay stay in touch with the game and just enjoy myself. Well, tonight the unveiling of Alan Osborne Court at Polka High School. What did that feel like? Well. Um, I'm very honored and humbled by it, to be honest with you. I was kind of surprised. Uh, and uh, the best thing about tonight is a lot of ex-players come back and and uh, got to see those guys and uh, you know the relationships you deal with them. That was the most uh, enjoyable part. And then, uh, of course, our guys beat Winfield arrival, which was always nice. But uh, it's it's uh you know it's it's a hard it's hard to describe to be honest with you. Feel very honored and thankful. Feel very blessed. Coach uh, Coach Marone here, and uh, congratulations on uh, that honor and on uh, an awesome career uh, that you had, uh, Coach. As you uh, as you kind of look back over uh, the the decades that you were involved in coaching, uh, you know the longevity, and I don't I don't know that that's something that uh, we we may see as much. I know there's been uh, other coaches have been able to to adjust and move forward. What uh, what did you feel like was the thing that you had to kind of learn as you adapted to? to the game over all the years that you were involved because you were successful over a long period of time? Well, that's a good question. You know, you know, uh, things change. You know, social media came in, and and uh, there's a lot of change you had to make. And, you know, just the big key, I thought, was just staying close to the kids and having a good relationship with them. And, and uh, as far as X's and O's, you know, the game changed with the rules and, uh, tell you how old I was. We used to shoot uh, free throws on every foul when I started coaching. <laughs> That's, that, that, that was a long time ago. But it's the game changes, and, and you know, uh, you know, parents get a little bit more involved. And AAU basketball's gotten bigger, and and uh, and has influenced the games a lot. And, but uh, you know, we just tried to be who we were, and stay the same most of the time and I was very blessed to coach a lot of great kids and and uh, players and again just very thankful and I was considered an honor and a privilege to to coach their poker. Coach Joe Linville, congratulations on the accolades and of course uh, the court being named after you. Did they just spring all this on you by surprise tonight? Did you have any inkling that this was going to happen beforehand? No, I didn't have any inkling. Uh, 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 a lady ran our Brewster's Club, she said that some ex-players wanted to come in and have a little mingle, as she put it, <laughs> uh, before the game. Before the, and before the game, we went in and we had, you know, they had cookies and brownies and Cokes and stuff to drink there in, in the auxiliary gym and the players come in. We just sat around and talked and those 10-foot shots are now 20-foot shots. <laughs> and, you know, it was, a, it was a really good time just to see those guys. And, and uh, uh, then after, the, after that, we went into the game, and then I was, I was surprised. I didn't know. To be honest, I didn't know what to say. And, uh, yeah, they, they sprung a surprise on me. <laughs> coach, what do you miss the most about the, the day-to-day job as a head basketball coach? Well, I miss practice. I miss I miss uh, miss the relationship with the young men. I got a coach, and and I miss uh, you know you miss preparing for a game. 
but those are the things that an artist, you know, it's uh, to get used to and uh, not going anyway. But uh, that's those are the things uh, that I miss. And um, but I had a had a good career and enjoyed doing what I did for a long period of time, and and uh, have no regrets. Well, how, how, and, and here's a question I think a lot of people struggle with when it comes to, especially like coaching. This isn't like your day to day. I'm talking about, you know, your your go to work, go type of job. How do you know when it's time to step away? Well, that's a good question. You don't know, ever know. I don't think I, my problem was uh, the reason I stepped down. I was just tired and uh, and couldn't didn't have any energy and. And uh, to be honest with you, I went to the doctor, and we found out I had sleep apnea. So I'm doing good now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on that CPAP machine, and now you can. You know, it's really made a big difference. But uh, I, I, I just couldn't. Uh, I was just exhausted all the time. And when you're when you're coaching, Rick can tell you this: you just you think you know you're putting in so many hours that uh, you think that's the reason. In I just could never get uh, get rested, and uh, and that's the reason I quit. And I, uh, because I just, you know, I just didn't have any energy. Didn't feel like it was fair to the kids for me to not be able to give them a hundred percent. Coach, I think that um, it's safe to say that you put in your fair share of time, and I know you had a positive influence on a lot of a lot of kids in that area. And uh, a lot of success as well, which was just a byproduct of all the other work that goes into it. Success doesn't define you, but success is still kind of the end result uh, of the work that you put in. And we always uh, appreciate you taking time out to talk with us over the years. We congratulate you on your retirement, on the floor being named after you. And it, it's good to hear that you're uh, feeling a little bit more rested now. And, uh, we, you know, I, I guess it, it's kind of good to say that you did get to go out on your own terms. And I think that's important as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Coach, thanks so much for joining Always us. Always nice talking with you guys, and I appreciate everything you've done for basketball, promoting the game of basketball. I really appreciate that very much. Well, we thank you as well. That's Coach Alan Osborne, the now former head coach of the Polka Dots. They named the floor after him tonight at Polka High School. It's time for a scoreboard update. Let's, let, let's, let's react to after the break. We'll do that. But first, here's our scoreboard update with Coach Rick Moran. You want me to do this, Coach? I'll handle this, okay? I'll get you the girls' scores here, and then we'll, we'll turn we'll turn Coach Marone loose on the boys' scores in a moment. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Girls' scores from across the Mountain State tonight. Pocahontas County defeats Moorfield 55-43. It was Frankfurt over Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 72-53. Clear Spring, Maryland beats Berkeley Springs. 56-34 was the final in that one. Hampshire defeats Kaiser 48-30, and Parkersburg Catholic a winner over Williamstown tonight, 70-55. And let's take a look at the boys' scores tonight. A little bit delayed, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Oak Glen 61-57 over Madonna. Bluefield 78-50 over Princeton. They win tonight. Charleston Catholic 46, Buffalo 39. Martinsburg gets a 42-29 win in a big rivalry game with the Hedgesville Eagles. Montcalm 53, they fall to Sherman. Sherman 69-53 winner over Montcalm. Winfield is a, you heard Coach Allen Osborne talk about the polka dots get a 62-47 win over Winfield. 
Pocahontas County 52-46 over the Moorfield Yellow Jackets. The Wahama White Falcons 81, Corning Miller, Ohio 55. Wyoming East, a low-scoring start in this one, but the Warriors get a 56-44 win over Westside, and the Falcons of Frankfurt get a 61-52 win over Berkeley Springs. That's a look at your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Thank you very much, Coach. And moving right along, it's time for the unveiling of our BasketballNight.com power ratings. Marcus Constantino is here with that. All right, these ratings are hot off the presses. We'll start in girls, uh, Clash AAA. Uh, we've got a new top dog in AAA. Buckhannon Upshur jumps two spots into number one. Huntington down one to number two. And South Charleston down to number three. Greenbrier East holding its spot in number four, as well as Park South uh, sticking in at number five. And we move on to the girls' double-A. Bluefield coming in at number one this week over um, North Marion. North Marion going down into number two. Frankfurt uh, coming in at number three. Winfield number four. And Fairmont Senior takes number five. And moving on over into single-A girls. St. Joe Central and at number one. Willing Central at number two. Tulsa gets the number three spot. Gilmer County takes number four and Williamstown coming in one spot up uh, breaking into the top five now moving on to the boys we'll start in AAA boys university going up a spot to number one Morgantown at number two Greenbrier East drops down two spots into number three Capital and Musselman keep their number four and number five spots going on into double A Mingo Central Holding on to number one, Fairmont Senior coming in at number two, Bluefield moving up one spot to number three, North Marion down one to number four, and the Polka Dots holding in at number five in boys double A. Moving on to boys single A, basketballnight.com power ratings, Fayetteville, Willing Central, Ravenswood holding on to number one, number two, and number three. Pocahontas County breaking into the top five at number four and Notre Dame rounding out the top five in boys at number five. Thank you very much, Marcus. Notre Dame falling to Parkersburg Catholic earlier this week. And Coach Marone, let's react to our, our interview with her with Coach Osborne. He, he is someone who I, I think in many ways – Maybe it's the closeness of it. I've almost felt like he was underappreciated from a statewide standpoint. I know he was appreciated locally, but uh, that's that's a guy who put in a lot of time and effort and had a lot of success with the Dots for an extended period of time. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, uh, highly respected within the coaching ranks. I think he's a legend of coaching. There's a, a few that are on that kind of Mount Rushmore of high school coaches in West Virginia. Coach Osborne is on there, in my opinion, as a, as a fellow coach. Uh, I broke in uh, as a middle school boys coach, got to coach at the high school level uh, starting in 1990 on the boys' side as an assistant, and we were in a region with Polka, and so we got to be real familiar with Coach Osborne and uh, the program that he was running there at Polka. And it stood the test of time. I mean, when you can be successful over a period of that longevity, you're doing the things right. And I love what he said about the relationships with the players and the people. And uh, I know uh, people that I've encountered and that I, I looked at as mentors in coaching really made that point the most important. You know, when it's all said and done and, like, he's moving on to that next phase in his career, his retirement time, 
that's what you have. Yes, the state titles are nice, the wins and losses, but it's those relationships and the way, Joe, that he's molded the young men and the young people uh, in the Polka area and those that he's come in contact with that will last and, and go forward. I heard the word earlier, dedication, and that's what it takes to, to stay with one program that long. I can remember when uh, Coach Osborne first started coaching and they come over and just knock the wheels out from under Scott one night. And I, I'm thinking, man, he's, he's going to be a good coach. And, and over the years it turned out to be. And, again, congratulations to him. And the dedication and those one-on-one relationships and how he, he's inspired those boys that's played for him over the years. Tell you what, too, his time is uh, in, in an athletic director role at, at POCA, having gone there to call football games in the past, you always come over, always talk. We'd always talk some basketball and, and just talk in general. And just it's the little things like that, just going out of his way to just well, be he, around the game in some form or fashion. He loves the game. Uh, he still loves the game. And uh, like you said, he, he always treated you uh, with respect and, and made you feel a part of the game. And uh, I love that. And, and running into him when we were competing against each other, trying to get to state tournaments on the boys' side, uh, there was that mutual respect. And he always treated you with respect and uh, treated people the right way. And I think that's a testament to, to the person that he is. And let, let's be honest. You coach long enough, you're going to rub somebody the wrong way. <laughs> And I would say he had done that to very few, and most likely that was always just a miscommunication, which tends to be what it, what leads to that kind of thing anyway. But I don't know that I've not know of anybody who said anything bad about about him over the years. No, he was always there for the right reason, and I tell you, so happy for him that he got to cap that perfect season and win a state championship. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way. You talk about storybook endings, but uh, of course, year before last and then getting to the finals last year and come up just short, but uh, he deserved that. He put in a lot of work for that. Some people never get to experience that. Uh, a couple state titles for him, and the last one coming uh, year before last in a perfect season uh, puts his name right where it should be uh, in the record and like you said, they went to the final game last year and had a shot. And I really thought that was the team to beat, but they just they just seemed flat that day. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know what the deal was, but that's you know we don't always get that perfect right. ending that we want, <laughs> but still a great career for Coach Osborne and certainly a, a well deserved honor having the court named after him at Polka High School now, Alan Osborne Court inside the beloved dot dome there in Poco. <laughs> we'll step aside for a break. We'll be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia when we come back here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video lives from the studio at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia's family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Call the show. We'd like to hear from you. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. 
Special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight. Our target is 3,000. We're close in Twitter followers. A big shout-out to Trace Jarrett, Tom, Richard Lewis, GBC New and Approved, Sean, Shane Davis, Logan Taylor, Kate, Dylan, Will, Thinopolis, Mrs. G, Asina, Logan Wilson, Seth Payne, who is downstairs somewhere, Sam Blizzard, Logan Taylor, underscore Dylan, 24 underscore, Cody Lest, Cassie Sherman, Heather Blake, The Nest, Alan Scott Fizzer, Bailey Yoko, Justin Cannelly. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11-19 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville welcoming you back inside the Chili Studios here on the campus of Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia, where we emanate this program from every week. We're with you until midnight, 9 to midnight, every Friday night through semifinal Friday of the Boys State Tournament. This is our fifth show of the season out of 15. So after tonight, guys, we're already a third of the way through the season again from that standpoint. And that's the end of the boys' season. The girls' season ends after the 14th week of the show. And that's, again presuming you would get through sectionals and regionals. So you're really talking about, Coach, girls' sectional play here is in like about a month. Yeah, it's going to be here before you know it. We talked about that at the start of the season, that you really kind of have that preliminary time through December. And then when you hit January and conference schedules, and uh, when you think four to six weeks max, uh, you're going to be getting into sectional tournament play. Uh, the time is now, and uh, the teams that are going to make a run, I think, are going to start, start showing, uh, kind of flexing their muscle, I think, over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be exciting to see who emerges uh, from the battles. And, Joe, this is the time of year where we talked about at the beginning of the program, you start to see teams kind of make their move a little bit. You start to see some of these rivalry games that are, you know, some – Let's face it, high school basketball especially, you you don't necessarily set out to have your rivalry games the first week of January <laughs> and the last, you know, it's just, it's when it fits. But um, you're starting to see, you know, we've gotten through the, the holiday tournaments and so forth. There's still a, a few of those classic type situations where you've got teams that will cross the state to play each other. But now you're starting to get into regional competition and the teams that will play each other for the right to uh, make it to Charleston. I think this is where the picture starts to clear up on a local scale. You might have an idea statewide of who's good, but you start, also start to see who's trying to separate themselves and become a, uh, a favorite to get to Charleston. You know, it's almost like a standard stick shift car. You, you shift into overdrive when you, when you roll into January. You, you've got your conference games you're going into, and you've got these teams, that are the more local teams that's it's in your region and, and your sectionals. And that's, like you said, you know, the cream will start rising to the top at this point of the season. 
We have been keeping uh, track on our Twitter account, at hoops underscore roundup. Trying to get to 3,000 followers. I'm still showing 2998. <laughs> Although I'm understanding. Oh, there we go. 2999. We're one away. It will happen. Vivian Littleton, number 2999. So one more to go. I joked on my personal Twitter account earlier uh, today that I would send an autographed picture if uh, to our 3,000th. But the truth of the matter is the stamp would be worth more, so it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Available upon request, but, I, I mean, again, it's not worth anything. You, you know, you wonder what coaches do on Friday nights when their games get snowed out. And, and I just ran across this on social media, and I, I, I'm sure he'll. It, it's all in fun, but Coach Zach Green of Logan, and, of course, their game with Scott tonight was postponed. He went out with his wife to get some cold medicine and came out with two Nerf guns, I mean the machine guns. <laughs> so apparently they were going home and have a uh, Nerf tournament. Hey, you know. But you just, you know, I just had to throw that in there, a little fun uh, these coaches have, you know. They, they've got lives as well. Are you implying that Coach Green is competitive? Absolutely. I know he is. <laughs> uh, I recall him, his playing days uh, at Scott and then at Logan High School, and his brother, Lou Green, was an outstanding uh, basketball and baseball player as well. And, uh, you know, those guys did, did so much uh, on a statewide scale, won a basketball title at Logan, and Lou led them to a baseball title as well and just great athletes and obviously you have to be competitive to be that good (laughs) definitely doing uh, ryan on a a side note and i want to make a special note we had a a very good friend of this program uh, that passed away this week uh good friend of myself randy payton Uh, i know yours uh, yours as well Uh, jim wellman passed away unexpectedly i want to send our best wishes and uh sympathy to his family uh all his friends all those kids that he was uh interacted with through the coaching ranks uh he started out with uh me and uh randy payton back years ago uh uh, really is a part of the branch of uh, the, the sports uh, that is is now part of the Basketball Friday Night family. And, uh, again, best wishes to him and uh, appreciate everything that he did. And we want to send his family uh, our uh, condolences. And he used to um, call games for WFGH. And, unfortunately, WFGH, you know, that's uh, that's another one that we've, that we've lost over the years, um, having lost Vern Stanfield. I was just thinking earlier this week because it was about this time in – 2000. It was the 99-2000 school year. Uh, It was my junior year of high school. I played basketball through my sophomore year, and I just chose not to play my junior or senior year. Um, Loved the game, just physically just wore on me a little bit. And um, I remember uh, Vern Stanfield gave me an opportunity to call a Wayne Tulsa game with Randy Payton. (laughs) And we split play-by-play duties of that game my junior year of high school. It was the first time I would ever perform play-by-play on the radio. And, uh, you know, it's just I remember when, you know, Vern passed away in 2009, and uh, we, we certainly miss him. And, and now another member of the FGH family from – from a, an era that is uh, behind us now is gone as well. Yeah, he actually was one. He was an assistant coach uh, of mine uh, for a year, and they worked with me and uh, Coach Perry, Lauren Perry, and uh, again, uh, a great loss uh, uh, to him, uh, to his family, and uh, and again, like you said, to the sports radio. So, uh, best wishes to his family and our deepest sympathy. And those can uh, they happen fast. So uh, you know, it's one thing to really um, 
live every moment because you know don't take anything for granted. I mean that that's something you know we you, you hear that within the realm of sports. Don't take a game for granted. Don't take a win for granted. It's true in every aspect. I think you can learn that in sports. Though you have a finite number of basketball games or athletic events or days of school until you graduate and then it's over and you you really can't afford to let them get away because they they you know it runs out well i think if you uh you know if you listen to coach osborne and and joe uh, you talked about knowing when he first started coaching i'm assuming you were young at that time as well right yes <laughs> uh, i was in grade school no, right? <laughs> but but i think that you do see and ryan hits it uh, right on the head it's a great point uh, it's uh, those experiences that you have and as you go through. And uh, I, I don't know that Coach Osborne would say that it went quickly, but I can tell you from my perspective, uh, having been in the coaching business for about 30 years now, it does go quickly. And you really look back over that period of time and you really uh, value and treasure that. So you really do have to take advantage of it. And from the broadcasting side that we're all a part of as well, uh, those are the things that make it uh, what it is, enjoyable. You know, you'd stop and think and go back, you know, in your mind and you try to play some of these scenarios and some of these games, you know, that you remember well. And you just you kind of wonder, where did the time go? I'll never forget this, and I'll tell it real quick. My grandmother, when I was a small child, said the older you get, the faster time will go. But I said, but, Grandma, there's always going to be 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour and so forth. She said, trust me, now I believe her. <laughs> I think that realization hits some of us <laughs> yeah. faster than others. Because, I don't know, it really does. I mean, like I said, this is our fourth year of this program. This is our 48th episode of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia since our debut in December of 2013. It was the week after the Super Six in 2013 that, that we started this program. And, you know, here we are now over the 3,000 follower mark on hoops underscore roundup. And, uh, you know what? Here's a tease for you. We'll tell you who our 3,000th follower was after the break. We'll step aside for a break. We'll come back with a scoreboard update a little bit later on. We'll start to wrap things up here on this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Final half hour still to go on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, it's at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Send a text with your scores to 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. That's where you can text your scores. Check it all out at basketballnight.com. The Daily Hoops Roundup. You've got a few minutes left to join us online and vote in this week's poll. 
You've got till 11.45. About 15 minutes. The question tonight, do you like the basketballnight.com power ratings? Again, you've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Go on our website, basketballnight.com, and on the right-hand side, you can vote. You can look at all the past poll questions that we have posted, like uh, last week's 2016 State Boys Champion, where you selected Fairmont Senior by 57%. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.30 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone with you along with Joe Linville. Happy to have you here for our final half hour of the show, taking you up until midnight. And we talk about high school basketball here again every Friday night on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketballnight.com. You can always call us, 1-855-78-HOOPS. That's 1-855-784-7. Six six seven seven. Also, um, again at hoops underscore roundup, we have crossed the three thousand follower mark. We say hello to our three thousandth follower, Jenny Blake, who uh, followed us on Twitter. Also to Don Likens, Raphael Taylor, and just A N D I Andy. Again, Twitter handles, you just never know what you're going to get there sometimes. But And you said you were going to send him an autographed photo? Uh, and I already thanked Vivian Littleton for joining us. And um, she was two ninety nine. So we have made we've made it though to three thousand. The autographed photo, again, the stamp would be worth more, but you know, I'm reading this Twitter bio, it says MU class of nineteen and you know, we're on the campus of Marshall University. I could probably Make that autograph drop off half without the cost of a postage stamp. I'd say you're right. I mean, uh, you know, it just take a little bit of footwork, literally. Just uh, walk it over and drop it off. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. We'll do that. Um, I don't have any pictures, so it'll just be like a notebook paper or something. <laughs> the notebook paper would be worth more than a photo anyway. But nonetheless, um, we do. Thank you for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, of course, we look forward to uh, going back to the phones here in just a moment. But while we have a, a little bit of time here, Coach Marone, the results from tonight, anything that, that sticks out to you at this point? Well, I'll tell you, uh, some things uh, just live up to the billing. I mean, when you look at some of the feedback and with social media and with our Twitter and, of course, through Facebook, but the, the West Side Wyoming East thing, I mean, that's one of those things that's on my bucket list. I think both of you guys, uh, that's one that you'd like to just slip into a seat uh, at either location that it's being played. I saw stuff where the gym was packed before the JV game tipped off. I mean, those are the, the rivalries that uh, that really make us really love the sport. Uh, you know, Hedgesville and Martins, Martinsburg, same thing. Uh, tonight was kind of a quasi-rivalry uh, Friday night. And, uh, Joe, that's what gets your juices going when you see two teams going at it like that. And then just the way basketball can be, it was three to nothing at the end of the first quarter. A technical foul got the first point, and then a bucket before the end of the quarter. Who'd have thunk it? And then it turns out being a great matchup, and uh, Wyoming East gets the win. But that's what makes basketball great at the high school level. Absolutely. And, and you, 
you go back, you know, we've had so many mergers in high schools over the years. But And look at all the great rivalries we've lost. DuPont, East Bank, Logan, Williamson. You know, I mean, just and that's just a couple. And there's been so many lost. But then there's, like you said, the new ones are emerging. The Mingo Central's. Uh, in in Logan, you know, have kind of taken president. And like uh, back in the day, and I, I keep hate to keep referencing Scott High, but you know, you had Scott and Sherman, and because they're in different classes now, it's kind of become a Scott Chapmanville rivalry. So you know, things change over time, but but rivalries are always good for your community, and always uh, a good time when they get to take place as well. Uh, I thought Martinsburg's win over Hedgesville tonight was an impressive win on the road, playing at Hedgesville's pace and still beating the Eagles at their own game. A good win for the Bulldogs. And that brings us to cause time. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal, a staple of basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And our space cowboy joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night Most Virginia. Cause, welcome to the show. <laughs> a good basketball game tonight. Hey, Joe, so uh, tonight at the uh, Martinsburg Hedgesville game, now I don't know this to be for certain, but maybe you can help me. There was a Tyrannosaurus Rex there. Is this any of your ancestors? <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Uh, <laughs> um, not that I'm aware of, but I will. I'll take. I only know uh, Joe from what two, three weeks ago. So, <laughs> well, see what what I like about well, that's why I'm this. Asking questions, you know. <laughs> it, it's it's that curious mind of a journalist right there. Let me tell you something, Rick. You were already thrown under the bus earlier today, Dave Morrison has already proclaimed that you and he are our two oldest callers. In what well, aspect? <laughs> hey, he didn't give it context. I'm just I had I was waiting to do an interview after the game tonight and a fellow come walking by and I was I was scribbling notes and he says, You need to get yourself an iPad and I said, Heck, iPad, what the heck is that? I'm old school and then and then he looked at me and he said, no, you're just old. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel real good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, and of course, he's about my age, so I don't know. I just, you know, <laughs> I just kind of nodded and and let him carry on. Well, I'll say this. I'm only 33 years old in amongst all this, but even though I'm from a technology generation and we use a heck of a lot of technology to create this program, I'd rather write something down by hand. It's just the way I was brought up, and I'm more comfortable with that. I think so maybe I'm just an old soul at heart or something, but uh, that's just how it is. Hey, Rick, the basketball game you covered tonight, though, that was a big win for uh, for Martinsburg. Yeah, big win for a young ball club. In fact, both of them are very young. And uh, I know you uh, referred to Martinsburg playing at Hedgesville's pace. And I think people, when you say that, people think a slow, tenuous kind of attack. But really it wasn't. It was just excellent, excellent defense being played. It wasn't like anybody was slowing the ball down. They were just uh, kind of, uh, I don't even know if patient is the right word, but just trying to find shots. 
Uh, they were hard to come by. I, I, I thought it was an excellent defensive game, and I'm kind of one of these people who just loves defense, so I was kind of eating it up. Uh, and, and Rick, we we've talked about this for a, for several weeks now, waiting on these panhandle teams that have all had excellent starts to their seasons to start mingling in and playing each other and kind of letting it play out. Uh, of course, we've talked about Mar- uh, Musselman likely being the, the the top team at this point, but uh, you know Martinsburg getting a, a thirteen point road victory at Hedgesville has to at least put the Bulldogs right there on the cusp of joining Musselman as a favorite in that area. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, they kind of learned something about themselves tonight. Uh, in some previous games, they've been playing you know, 13, 14 players and trying to find the mix. And today they kind of cut down on that number. I think 13 players got in at different points, but I think when it came down to uh, crunch time and kind of mostly in the second half when things were tight, I think they kind of settled on a lineup that that seemed to really fit them. And I think think that team, you know, kind of grew up a little bit today. Martinsburg getting the win 42-29 over Hedgesville and you know, you, you talk about how these teams are, are still trying to find themselves. Those were two, like you mentioned, teams that are pretty young for the most part. And uh, certainly looking forward to this week as well for, for Martinsburg. A uh, game with uh, Jefferson coming up uh, on Tuesday. And then Friday, a game at home against Spring Mills. So uh, from a standpoint from Martinsburg's standpoint now you, you play Jefferson you kind of see where Martinsburg and Jefferson stack up with each other well and, and I think uh, maybe today might be kind of a, a gauge of that because Hedgesville played uh, Jefferson Tuesday and and it, you know came away fairly with a fairly comfortable win but you know you mentioned about the teams finally mixing and playing each other so what happens today? We get an eighth of an inch of snow, <laughs> which uh, caused Jefferson County to cancel school, which means they couldn't play games. So, therefore, Washington's game at Musselman didn't happen. Jefferson's game at Spring Mills didn't happen. Now, they'll get to go tomorrow. But... Uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny because the teams haven't been playing a lot of West Virginia teams, haven't been playing each other, and the, and the first opportunity for that to happen, bam, it's gone. <laughs> uh, so an eighth of an inch of snow, are you also dealing with what, what we're dealing with here in the western portion of the state, being that it's just bitter cold, and while it wasn't a whole lot of snow, it's basically packed down and frozen down there pretty good with not a lot of opportunity for it to melt in the next few days? Well, I think the uh, road crews, at least in Berkeley County, did a tremendous job of, of clearing what snow we had, and the roads were pretty good. So I didn't get down to Jefferson County to look, so I can't make any judgment calls. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a northern guy, so, you know, I wonder if, if it's going to snow, you know, 
I mean, I went to school, you know, in a foot of snow back in my day. Of course, remember, I am old. <laughs> in the old days, we did those things. That was, it was uphill both ways, right? Actually, it was. <laughs> I, I can actually, I, and here I go telling my age again, I can actually remember helping the bus driver put the chains on the bus so we could go to school. And and, and cause, like you said, it, it had to be really bad before they even thought about calling off school. Well, I used to joke that uh, a foot and a half of snow would get us maybe an hour delay. <laughs> Now they'll get I'm you a serious. week delay. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> yep. No, that's that's absolutely the truth. And um, you know, uh, Rick, we always enjoy talking with you, and uh, certainly uh, looking forward to another full week of basketball. And hopefully, uh, weather stays out of the way for the remainder of uh, of this upcoming week, and we can instead of starting the new year off like we did with a with a snowstorm that kind of slowed some things down a little bit we can we can really get into the swing of things next week and start to let these uh let this season play out because i think this and i I think i say this every year but it's true this is a fascinating year in the eastern panhandle for just how similar many of these teams are from a caliber of play at least at this point it seems to be the case and it looks like it's going to be you know there's a chance for an upset maybe but for the most part uh, a a postseason that Anybody that could get hot at the right time could make a run into Charleston. Well, absolutely. I think I think that kind of goes uh, a large part of all of AAA. I think uh, this season it might be as open as it's ever been. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Meanwhile, uh, any of you guys interested in going to the beach tomorrow? No, it's going to snow there as well. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, maybe a half a foot of snow. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're expecting six inches of snow in uh, in South Carolina and along the, the beach coastal area there. And, and Rick, that's just not right. I, mean, I don't know what it helps to say. That's just that's just not right. Absolutely not. But you know what? Here, here's a good thing though for us. And I think this will include you as well. When you get this big of a snowstorm to our south, and I happen to know some meteorologists, so we, we've had this discussion, and we aren't part of it, that's a good thing because that you know you only get so many big snows in a, in a winter, and for it to miss us south, uh, that's 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 good for the prognosis of the remainder of the winter. I, I think so. As uh, as I stand in front of my blue screen, pointing <laughs> to uh, air pressure coming this way. And uh, the jet stream going that way. Hey, just keep an eye on that barometric pressure because that's what everyone is so concerned about at all times. Hey, Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, you guys be good. Always uh, always an honor, and I, I, I'm very grateful. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. We step aside for our final break. We'll come back. We'll get you the poll results, a poll question. We'll get you a final scoreboard, and we'll wrap up this this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. The poll question results. 
comes up next. Do you like the BasketballNight.com Power Ratings? Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP, Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP, Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP, Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYATLP, Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're not sending you off into Never Never Land tonight just yet. We still have a few more minutes to go here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. We'll hear from uh, Seth Payne in just a moment. But first, it's time for our final scoreboard update of the night. Looking for scores? Look no more. You've come to the right place. The BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. On the girls' side tonight, Pocahontas County gets a 55-43 win over Moorefield. Mountain Ridge, Maryland falls to Frankfurt tonight. The Lady Falcons, 72-53 winners in that one. Clear Spring, Maryland, 56. Berkeley Springs, 34. Hampshire gets their first win of the year. The Lady Trojans, 48-30 winners over Kaiser. And Parkersburg Catholic, a huge win at Williamstown tonight, 70-55. The Lady Crusaders get the win over the Williamstown Lady Yellow Jackets. Let's take a look at the boys' side. It was the Oak Glen Golden Bears over Madonna tonight, 61-57. It was the Bluefield Beavers over Princeton, 78-50. It was the Irish of Charleston Catholic defeating the Buffalo Bisons tonight, 46-39. It was Martinsburg over Hedgesville, 42-29. The Montcalm Generals defeated the Sher- or fell to the Sherman Tide rather, 69-53. It was a big night in Polka. Luke Frampton. 
scored 24 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 dunks as they honored his former coach, Alan Osborne, tonight. On Alan Osborne Court, the Polka Dots win over the Winfield Generals 62-47. It was Pocahontas County over Moorefield 52-46. It was Wahama over Corning Miller, Ohio 81-55. Wyoming East defeated the Cross Cross County uh, rivals Westside 56-44. And it was Frankfurt over Berkeley Springs tonight. 61-52. And that's a look at your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Those scores always available at BasketballNight.com or at Hoops underscore Roundup. It's an interesting Twitter page that you should have followed a long time ago, Seth Payne, <laughs> who joins us now. Uh, Seth, uh, you've got to check on our poll question. That's right. Uh, just had to wait till uh, you know, getting close to the wire and the fallers so I'd get the spotlight. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, last week's poll question was do you like the basketballnight.com power ratings and it looks like about 63 percent voted yes and 37 percent voted no and uh this week's uh basketball excuse me (laughs) basketballnight.com poll is are the nfhs rules regarding uniforms and accessories too strict uh and that's just a, a strictly yes or no question so See how that ends up. Thank you very much, Seth. And what we're talking about there is uh, having to have everything match. And, Joe, it's difficult enough to get uh, the uniform right, let alone now having, you know, any, any type of accessory would have to match uniformly for the team. You're talking about doubling the cost of outfitting a player now. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of these players now, you know, they want to wear the, the Under Armour, the uh, – cool max type material underneath their uniforms uh, some of them like uh, you know longer sleeves some like shorter sleeves so it's 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 kind of a personal preference and nowadays they're even wearing these like spandex pants underneath their their basketball uniforms and you know some of these schools of or players or maybe I shouldn't say the schools but players tried to get it a little creative and apparently uh, you know the rule makers have stepped in to try to you know to slow that down just a little bit, so at least if you know the as they add accessories, they are color coordinated. That's always a big fashion faux pas. You must be color coordinated <laughs> on the court, right? But you got to look good to play good, right? And, and see, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go back on my soapbox here about uniforms. Let me straighten it yeah, up for you there. Let me, let me get the soapbox yeah. straight. <laughs> You know, we worry so much about what's worn under the uniform, some of which can't even be seen under the uniform, yet we have still not addressed the issue of the numbers on the jerseys being the same number as the jerseys themselves, with just a little thin outline, which you cannot read from anywhere on a floor, let alone from a press box or from off the floor. And I just don't understand why that hasn't been addressed while they're addressing things that aren't even problems. I agree, and I think it goes across sports. Uh, We do football as well. All of us are involved with football, and you talk about a nightmare, some of the the lack of clarity on the numbers, and there's a sport where you're a distance away. And basketball is the same way, and uh, I agree with Ryan, and uh, uh, even though what Bo, our resident referee, said earlier, and by the way, he – Text me a few things I'll forward on to you, some printouts from the rule book. I'm not kidding. He's uh, still typing. The ones that I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, I agree with Ryan. They do need to be uniform. They do need, need to be neat and orderly. But let's move on. Let's deal with things that are more pertinent to the game itself. Uh, yeah, there are also, you know, there's also a situation of the actual rules of the game that I think are pretty well streamlined by now. But you still have a lot of differences. And, uh, you know, 
I'm just, I just think that we can focus on things that are, that are more important. I, under, I understand the undershirt issue, wanting it to be the same color as the jersey. Um, I don't understand why. I, I'm kind of like Bo. I don't really understand why anybody's even bothering to wear a uh, shooting sleeve. We don't have that many elbow injuries going on <laughs> in, in, in across the state. Or the leggings thing, you know, gyms aren't that cold. And, you know, I, I, you know uh, you're just doing it for a look. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not, like, anti-doing it. I just don't think it's a, a big deal that – I'm going to get one of my Hawaiian flared shirts out of the closet and wear it next next Friday. (laughs) Well, I can see some of of them, and a lot of people don't even know that there's rules related to I know one one thing that's been big the last few years is these camo uniforms. A lot of AAU teams and things wear certain styles that are illegal under the National Federation rules. And there's panels. You can actually have a camoed look, but it has to be only in the panels. We checked into it a couple years ago. Uh, But there's a strict area that you can have any type of decoration on the uniform, and then your main panel where the number and the name is has to be kept clear. But Bo mentioned the sponsorship and not becoming a billboard. Therein lies a lot of the issue because they don't want people putting logos and things in areas. You can have a small uh, logo of the maker of the shirt, but it can only be in certain panels. So there's a lot of uh, things that work there. Well, I mean, I, I also just I, I go back and think about um, football-wise, I'm seeing too many of those digital camo uniforms pop right, up. I agree and, fully. I mean, you can't even read the numbers on them. Like Parkersburg football wore a digital camo uniform yeah. for its game against Parkersburg South, and the numbers were just unreadable in pictures, let yeah, alone and, in and I, they don't want to end up being like tennis and golf. No offense, I love golf. I'm a golfer, but uh, they don't want to be a billboard or – but. If anybody's listening from the coaching standpoint, I'm more than willing to wear anything on a coaching shirt if there's a sponsorship involved. So I, I'll put them anywhere on the sleeves, on the back, on the, like a bowling shirt. Put it on the back of the shirt as a bowling shirt. So coaches are not regulated, but the players no, that, you know. No, coaches are not regulated. Uh, other than having some questionable fashion, myself including, I've seen a few that uh, probably uh, shouldn't go out of the house that way. But, uh, no, they don't regulate the coaches. So we're, we're more than willing to. To to be, be a billboard. We'll be a billboard. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we dodged the bullet this evening in terms of weather. I mean, the road, there are still some slick roads throughout the entire state of West Virginia and through uh, this region in particular as well. But um, able to get most of the games in tonight. Um, this is really the first significant snowfall of the season. Uh, and, again, the bigger issue, not the amount of snow that fell, but it's frozen down there pretty solid. And what didn't melt off during the day – yeah, most of the roads are fine, but you know, driveway, side road, side streets, a little rough. And then the refreeze, uh, as uh, not just ourselves, but all those that are out traveling, it's that refreezing when you do get a melting and then it dips as low as it's going to be. So everyone, please be careful and be safe. And uh, there will be a lot of games tomorrow that were uh, a few of the ones postponed today even have been added to tomorrow's schedule. By the way, it's 43 degrees right now in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, approximately two and a half times the temperature that it is currently right now in Huntington, <laughs> which is 16. And trust me, we I know that if you're watching, our uh, our set here on basketballnight.com is right against the back wall of the communications building at Marshall University. It's just behind our set. And it's not insulated. So this room gets a little chilly. I mean, it's not 16 degrees in here, but it's, you know, we're all, bundled, we're all bundled up a little bit more than what you would normally be for, uh, for the occasion. So, um, 
you know, we live tough lives here, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but a big thank you to Marshall University. I know sometimes we don't, we don't do that enough. And uh, Dr. Bailey and all the, the great folks here and Ryan, all those behind the scenes here that do a, a tremendous job uh, for this program, our uh, website and everything, uh, Marcus and Fred and Mike and, and all the guys uh, that they've seen on air and behind the air. I know Lance is back there, uh, Mr. Hanson back there, and uh, Allie upstairs. So I know I probably missed somebody, but thank all of them for what they do for this program. And, and Dr. Bailey, of course, a former member of the basketball team at Mann High School. <clears throat> he was uh, a member of the Hillbillies back in uh, when he was in school, and he talked about uh, always had to match up with Logan <laughs> and, and Willie Akers, coach ball clubs, and, and then Williamson, who, I mean, those, those two were powerhouses. And, uh, and, 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 Coach, before we get too far along with this, I mean, and you know how the old system, the new system, it can happen, but not as much. That old system, you could get buried in a sectional. No one outside of your area would know that you were pretty good. Yeah, it happened all across the state. A lot of awesome teams that never were able to get out of their uh, local sectional and regional tournaments. Joe, your final thoughts on tonight? Hey, I I just had to bring up the extended weather forecast. It's great. So no cancellation of basketball games next week. (laughs) Temperatures are actually going to be in the the 60s by midweek. Let me get my suntan lotion out now. (laughs) That's our basketballnight.com meteorologist. That's not a certified meteorologist, just a self-proclaimed meteorologist. Yeah, Joe. (laughs) But he stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, by the way. Absolutely, and you know what? I'm glad I didn't have to because when it snows and with my job, sometimes I do. But that wasn't the case this week. Thank goodness. Thank you for joining us for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks to all of you who called and all of you who take part in joining us in the celebration of high school basketball in the Mountain State. For Rick Marone and Joe Linville, I'm Ryan Epling. Good night. Have a great weekend. Good night. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.